0: Peanuts. Peanuts.
1: And now, monumental sports and entertainment along with Pressbox presents stand the fans bat around. For the next two hours listening as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away.
2: And we are here together, Stan the Fan and Craig Heist. And Craig, you surprised me this week with an appearance. I would have thought you would have been at the Maryland game. Well, now, wait a minute. I've been here four of the last five
3: weeks. You have? Yeah. Okay. Must have been very memorable for you. Anyway, and we still have Bonza on the uh, intro to this show. Right. And he's been gone how long? Six months now at least?
2: He doesn't want to leave, huh? He's still here in spirit. Bonza's, uh, Bonza's our guy. Britt yeah. and I like Bonza. We're fans of Bonza. All right. Despite, so are the police, the state police it's in Maryland. Maryland. especially on 270. Yeah, 270. <laughs> uh, uh, how two, come you're not, so Maryland's playing today
3: at, at noon. At noon, yeah. At Maryland. Right. If I don't have a commitment to it, as far as a network obligation, I don't need to be there. So you now, only
2: go because of the money. I am
3: uh, going to uh, give you a heads up, uh, yes. the Minnesota game. That's next week. Which is a. 12 noon start uh more than likely that's going to be a conflict but i'll let you know All right. middle of the week because that's when i'll find out okay
2: uh so when you say uh, seriously i i know what you do but so in other words not that many people are interested in getting sound from the temple maryland game no nah. Why? No, because
3: it's, it's CBS, it's a national radio network.
2: Oh, so they've, they've got yeah. national people. Right,
3: well, okay. yeah, but but here's the thing. They go all over the country for updates, which okay. is what I do. Right. And also, if they need anybody afterwards, we, we get them to the phone. Right. Uh, but there's no real need for Rutgers, Maryland. Temple, Maryland. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, Temple, Temple, Maryland, yeah. Well, I'm just curious, so <clears throat> why is there more of a need, and I'm just trying to understand, well, why is it for Minnesota, Maryland? Uh, well number one, a conference uh, conference game, conference is game always yeah, is gonna Big Ten is gonna conference. do that.
3: Right. And uh, more than likely uh, sometimes the earlier games there may not be as many intriguing matchups like you might have an Ohio State at three thirty, a Notre Dame at three thirty, that kind of thing. So they, they try to balance it out, but they go basically with conference matchups, that kind of thing. Okay. Well, I'm trying to pretend that I care about what well, you exactly do. exactly, like you normally do. <laughs> and by the way, showing that I care, yeah. okay, one of the fine sponsors of this show guys, is the, the big, guys, bats big Bats yeah. over in Stevensville right. on the mm-hmm. Eastern Shore. And we're representing today, I just want you to know, Big Bats.
2: Why are you pulling out your I'm breasts. I'm just saying, it's big
3: I'm, bats. You're trying to
2: turn Steve Garland on? No, <laughs> not at all. Anyway. All right. Hey, well, we, we're, we're representing with a we, free shirt. We appreciate We appreciate You got a free shirt? I had to buy mine. Well, it's,
3: right. you know it is hey, what it is. Do you
4: want to get me a free shirt? Sure. Be nice. For you yeah. I'll,
2: I'll get you a big batch shirt. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank I you. was asking you just before we started if you could help her get an Alex Ovechkin autograph cuz I got her mm-hmm. the I got her the commemorative puck. Right. Yeah, which with a slot on there to to stop. have uh, oh, okay. Yeah. But you said
3: uh, well, they, I, you they know, on you, that. you would have to give that to me and then I'd have to try
2: to work something out along the way.
3: Yeah. I
4: wouldn't okay. expect you to give it back. So,
2: oh, you're worried about just simple. <laughs> I'm worried about people. him too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he would uh, he would do that. There's no question some, about some it. Some things. just. No, seriously, just in sports. sports, it is totally frowned upon for people. Oh, absolutely, that have, absolutely. Have that's the old Ted Patterson rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah I but remember, I mean, it I wasn't necessarily Ted like thirty years ago. It wasn't
3: necessarily named after Ted Patterson. <laughs> oh, yes, it was. No, it wasn't. But yeah. because they, I, I mean, saw him there's one not day. a there's not a press credential that you get. Yeah. That doesn't say on the back of it. Right. And
2: I don't care where you're at. Right.
3: That doesn't say But on that the-
2: rule was changed because of one Ted Patterson. <laughs> no, nah, that that rule's been in existence. Even I'm going back, I saw Ted once come up to Al K This is like thirty years ago. And he goes, Al, do you mind signing a couple? He must have had fifty pictures of Al K Unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. Anyway, uh, (laughs) we are the bat round Stan the Fan, and Craig Heist, and Miss Brittany Everett is here as well, Um, and we will be covering uh, the world of baseball for the next couple hours. Um, Andrew Stetka is going to join us at about 1025. Mike Shallon is going to join us at 1045. I was supposed to have a guest, Mr. Bob Kendrick, from the Negro League Baseball Museum Mm -hmm. out in Kansas City. At 11:05, and I didn't reach out to him until Thursday, and then I never got a response from him. So it's partly my fault, and uh, we'll try and reschedule, Bob. Well, and then you uh, reached out on Thursday, yeah. And as a possible replacement, I've reached out to Chelsea James about thirty about thirty
3: seconds, 30 seconds ago. Go.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> we're basically same in the same boat, exactly. And then my friend Andy Dolich, who has worked uh, in all four major sports. In the United States for the uh, uh, Washington Capitals many, many moons ago, back in the 70s. Oakland A's throughout the 80s. Then he was with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been with the San Francisco 49ers. He basically can't keep a job.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, he's very <laughs> no. adapted, uh, talking about stadium issues. and
2: Yeah, he's one of the best on sports business. Yeah. And what I thought we'd catch up with him and see whether the Oakland A's incredible season is fueling any new talk out there about getting the location. It seems like after all said and done and romancing the stone, it looks like they're back to thinking, you know what? With the highways the way they are, we ought to build the stadium right next to the existing stadium.
3: The Coliseum, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because now we're in the football season,
3: Right. and Oakland – the Raiders they share the Coliseum with the Athletics. So What's that, the name so of
2: it now? Is it Z- Oco o- Zero? Have no dot- idea. Yeah, okay.
3: But anyway, it's and what it basically does is the the way the Coliseum is formed. There's so much foul ground for for baseball, you know, in the baseball configuration that the football field runs basically from the left field foul area. Into the right, the right field, field foul area. area. And the right field foul area is where the black hole is for all the Raider crazies that, that congregate. Uh, that but was it's, Craig but it's, Heist that called you crazies, Exactly. By the way. And, and it's very interesting because you play probably from the 30 to the 30 on the outfield it, cutout dirt portion uh between the 30 and the 30, uh, and and it's really it's it's kind of a throwback because Memorial Stadium used to be that way here in yep. Baltimore. Yep. Football field ran from uh, the, the enclosed end of the horseshoe out to center field, and you would get, uh, obviously, the, the football uh, field was directly impacting the baseball field in September, and usually longer with the Orioles because right. they were pretty good back then.
2: Yeah. Uh and this is the lone dual purpose stadium left in in all of sports yeah, right absolutely. now. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And there used to be a ton of them. You know, yeah. you, you know, you I think you about had Pittsburgh, RFK Stadium, RFK, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, uh you uh, go to the Chase Sta- Shea Shea stadium, stadium where the Jets played, right? Veterans Stadium. Right, exactly. There were a lot of them.
2: Three Rivers,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. Anaheim was yeah. when the Rams moved there. That's right. That's yeah, right. So. Anyway,
2: uh, the King, s- kingdom, and, kingdom and, yeah, in Seattle. Yes, that, there was a lot of them. Blew that garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, let's uh, before we've got a few minutes to talk before we get Stet going because Steve Garland, I think, is back to work. I think he's healthy enough to be back at work. Uh, so I didn't talk to him this week. Um, your take on the uh, Ravens game on Thursday night against the Bengals.
3: Well, you can't get down 28-7, to and that's what they did, actually 21 nothing early yep. on. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green doing what they do. Uh, but defensively, in the secondary, a little bit of a letdown. Uh, obviously, this offensive line needs work because Joe is still running for his life. Uh, granted, there wasn't much of a running game. However, you have to be able to attempt to run the football, and they didn't do that on uh, Thursday oh, night. I'll
2: give them a little bit of a pass this week because, you know, when you fall behind 21 to nothing, I get that you. You, well, that changes you, you the need, game. plan It changes a little bit. the game, but you don't often see the team that throws the ball 52 times wins the game. No, simply because that's a that's a cause and effect. You're behind, that's why you're throwing more to try and speed up scoring points.
3: Right, exactly. And if you're if you're a Ravens fan, uh, I have no problem with Joe Flacco throwing the football, but you don't want him throwing it 52 to 55 times right. because that means one, you're probably behind, as you mentioned, but two. Uh, there there's more of an opportunity for disaster to happen and I th- and i not that's just not with Joe Flacco that's what a lot of quarterbacks yeah. and a lot of the elite quarterbacks you don't want your guy throwing the ball that many times in the game uh, usually 35 to forty is a real good range if you're if you're throwing the yeah. football
2: yeah anything over forty is a sign that you are probably behind in the football game mm-hmm. number one Um Now, I don't pretend to know football anywhere near as well as I know baseball. But what do you think the problem was on Thursday night with how many passes were batted down? Was that that the the pass rush, clearly the pass rush was on top of him, Mm -hmm. but was he sort of, was the film saying... Throw up our hands or what? Why do you think he well, has think,
3: eight or nine passes? I think all defensive linemen are taught if you can't get to the quarterback, throw the your hands, hands up, right. try to bat the ball down. I think that has a lot to do with it. Plus, the lanes that Joe thinks he's throwing the ball in, those lanes can close very, very quickly. quickly. Yeah, uh, with pass rush and things of that nature. So, uh, uh, you you got to adjust to it, obviously.
2: I thought the big two plays in the game were the the one where they got came from behind them and caused them to fumble, right? And I thought the other play. I'll bet I never really saw the film, but I'll bet that the interception where his arm was hit. I mm-hmm. will bet he had John Brown twenty yards open on that play. He
3: might have, and uh, but the other, what a great catch in the sideline of the end zone with John Brown. Oh yeah. Uh, when I mean, Joe threw it wherever, you know, the only place he really could have thrown it to give him a chance to catch the ball, and he obviously, a lot of that's on John Brown because he beats the defender, he concentrates on the football, and manages to get both feet in bounds. So, from that standpoint, that was just one hell of a play yep. from Flacco and John Brown. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, look, it's one
2: game. Yeah, I'm not that down on on them. Uh, yeah. I just don't think they were quite ready to To play on Thursday night. Right, but they
3: have a a tough test. It's a 10-day layoff, but you have a tough test with the Broncos coming in here. So, we'll see what happens.
2: We will see, indeed, what will happen. Um, Let's get back to... Well, before we get back to baseball, you watched uh, part of the Redskins game last Sunday. They just totally dismantled... uh, What I think may turn out to be a bad Arizona uh, Cardinal team, Uh, they get David Johnson back. But, look, I liked Sam Bradford when he was in college. Mm -hmm. I thought he would make a very good pro quarterback. He's been so beat up uh, in his career do you think he could be a winning quarterback again?
3: Sure. It depends on what's around him. Yeah. I, I think that's th- to be said about almost any quarterback. Right. If you're in a system that you're comfortable playing in and you've got the guys around you that can help you facilitate that system, and that means from a blocking standpoint, your receivers making plays, things of that nature. I mean, let's face it. They have one, still one of the best receivers in football out there Yeah. in in Fitzgerald. so. Uh it's one of those situations where, you know, you go week to week, you try to get better is I I think Sam Bradford's an adequate quarterback in this league. So, we'll see what happens. You know, there.
2: what I really mean is I think he'll end up getting beat up again. <coughs> well, you, know, you know, it's in other possible. Words, he just seems very prone to the concussions and and beat down. Yeah, and you know, uh,
3: Carson Wentz up in Philadelphia, yeah. he's not been cleared for no and for contact yet. Nope, so, nope. That, so Nick
2: Foles is their Nick, number Nick one. Nick Foles
3: is their number one, and they're going
2: to Tampa Who this week. Who is number two for them right now?
3: Uh, ba, 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 Good question. I don't know off the top of my head. But they're going to Tampa this week. And with the way Fitzgerald played against New Orleans last week. <laughs> that should week, be an entertaining game. I think that could be a game with a lot of points in it, you know, depending on whether You know, if you got a fast track down in Tampa – uh, it, it's Fitzgerald was just fabulous.
2: So the Redskins have the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow. You'll be at that game. Yeah, you, you like the Redskins in that game? Or at you think home, it's a, you think it's a real close football? Yeah, game?
3: at home, uh, I I'm not willing to say that this isn't going to be a close football game because it's the Redskins. But right. defense is better with this team. Their offensive line's a little bit better than it was last year. Adrian Peterson is you know ran for whatever it was ninety two yards last week. He's going to have to stay healthy. It's going to be very interesting to see the amount of carries he gets as the season goes on as to whether or not he wears down or he continues to be a helpful force for this offense. He certainly was in week one.
2: Yeah, no question about it. It's interesting. How old is Peterson now? 32? Mm, 33, maybe. 33. Yeah, you know, 30, his yeah. thing that he came out this <laughs> week uh, said, you know, he wants to be known as the greatest of all time. Yeah. Which he has two more or three more really good seasons, you could put him in that category. Yeah, he could. And, uh,
3: again, a lot of that depends on who's around him and who's blocking for him and if he can stay healthy.
2: All right. Um, Now let's flip back to the world of baseball. Uh, Orioles are clearly limping to the finish line. Um, Yeah, but there
3: was a lot of effort last night. Despite the fact that they got down the way they did, and they lose their pitcher in the 3rd inning with a hamstring injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, give them a little bit of credit last night. There was some fight there.
2: I'm I'm not questioning the amount of fight. I'm questioning the quality of the team. No. It's really not a very good baseball well, it's team. It's
3: not, but it hasn't been all year long, whether yeah. it's with this group of players or the group they had before.
2: Well, you used to sit there and sort of expect Jonathan Scope, and Manny Machado, and company to do better. Mm-hmm. This, I, I think you're sort of resigned to the fact that each night out, the other team is going to have f- three players better than the Orioles. You know, Could very well yeah. be,
3: that, yeah. and that's the scenario that they're dealing with right yeah. now. But they've got to find out who can play, who of this group of players is going to be part of the future going forward, and uh, the only problem that I really have with the but, Orioles, but,
2: but seriously, and I'm I, and listen, you can beat a dead horse only so often. Who do you really think? But they're he taking, will again. No, but who do you really think they're taking a look at that really has a chance to be? I mean, do you think Renato Nunez? I'm not saying he won't be the third baseman next year. There's flashes.
3: But, I don't. I don't see okay, that. Okay. How about a,
2: Joey Rickard? You haven't seen enough of Joey Rickard now to know what type of player Joey he is? Rickard
3: is. A nice complimentary player. Right. He's a fifth outfielder. Right. He's a fifth outfield. That's a, a that's guy, a
2: euphemistic way of saying right, he's a fifth outfield. Right.
3: But that, but he's. Would
2: you be playing him over Adam Jones because you're taking? Well, no. Because you're other, taking a look at him.
3: No, but there's other reasons why they're not playing Adam Jones. Well, I know there's that.
2: there's been a lot of re- a lot right, written I and find said about that, that. Very insulting. To well, fans. I do too. Yeah. I. Do too,
3: but the other part of that is, and God knows I love Adam Jones as much as anybody, right? But the other part of that is when he decided he wasn't going to leave town with a trade and right. he declined that, he knew what the deal was because Dan Duquette basically said what the deal was. Yeah, well, I, and, I, and you're right, is it disrespectful? To a
2: large degree, here, here's it is. my Here's my point. What uh, Peter Schmuck wrote about this the other day. Right. The, D, the DJ Stort. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got my doubts about DJ Stort, but DJ Stort is a guy I truly Wanna would see. like to see for two yeah. weeks. You know, and it's funny. Buck has been here for close to ten years now. I mean, like eight and a half years. Yeah. He's always told us in the media... Two things you got to be careful for is evaluating based on spring training and September, and September, right? And now all of a sudden we're going to evaluate in September, but but with DJ Stort they sent him home for a week. Don't misconstr- and then they called him back. Don't
3: misconstrue that comment, though. Yeah, you 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 can evaluate in in September and in spring training. But the whole idea is, and Frank Robinson used to call it "fool's gold," right? Okay, right. So I, I mean, you just have it's to like be careful. Like having Craig Heist
2: in the studio, It's right, Like exactly. fool's gold, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And
3: no, but I mean, trust me, seri- I could have stayed in bed an extra two hours <laughs> or something <more. laughs> and made more. <laughs> and money. And <laughs> made more money. Yes.
2: <laughs> no, but seriously, what what bothers me a little bit is this notion that we got to take a look at Joey Rickard mm-hmm. and, well, well, and this guy Bravek Valera. I mean, Bravik oh. Valera is a 4A player. I can smell them a mile away. Okay.
4: And but maybe but you should take you're, a shower. You're,
3: you're, not a, you're not a talent evaluator, though. Seriously. I mean, we all think we know what we like, what we see, right. and what we don't like when right. we see it. Right. But, you know, I'm not a major league talent evaluator, and these guys are much more smarter about it than I am. Okay. Okay. So. All right. All right. Anyway. you've you've had your say you've had your say well I'm going to have another say sometime during this show what's that about and that's about the National League Cy Young Award and there's People thinking about giving it to to Eric
2: uh, uh, to to, Degrom, Jacob Degrom, Jacob
3: Degrom with an eight and nine record, and I don't give it. I think
2: he's eight and eleven.
3: No, he's eight and nine, but I don't give a damn what his ERA is and what the saber matrix people think. Right, you cannot give the Cy Young Award, and I understand Felix Hernandez won it at thirteen and twelve with Seattle, but there was nobody else in the conversation then. Mm -hmm. There's two other pitchers in this league in the conversation.
2: Who's that? Max Scherzer and
3: Aaron Nola. From the Phillies, yeah. And I'm
2: I'm fine as long as uh, it's not Scherzer. I'm fine.
3: Well, that's fine. If you feel that way, that's fine. And you're not saying that just to sit there and bust my chops. I just don't think
2: I don't think Scherzer's had a great year. I think he's probably the best pitcher. But if you're going to sit there and tell
3: me that well, the Mets don't support him and this and that and everything else. Well, look. Scherzer's been shut out four times this year. Mm -hmm. There's been a handful of starts where he's gotten one or two runs of support, pitched his ass off, and didn't get anything for it. So do you take your language, Brittany? So 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 do you take that into consideration as well? Yeah. And Aaron Nolas had a fine year, although I think he's starting to hit a wall a little bit. Right. Right. You know.
2: I just don't think Scherzer, listen, Scherzer's numbers are certain. What's he, like 15 and he's 10? He's 17 and,
3: and, no, he's 17, 17 and eight, nine, eight, 8, I think, okay. yeah. He's probably going to win it. Well, he probably, probably and if he gonna, does, it's going to be his third in a row and yeah. fourth overall.
2: Yeah. And I hope he and, gets and a big I said, raise. I look, hope he gets a big raise a from guy, the learners. Here's,
3: here's a guy who grew up watching Jim Palmer. Right. I think we all know how, how great Jim Palmer was and what he did for this ball club. Right. The game has changed. From the four-man rotation to the five-man rotation, it's a difference between 42 starts and 34. But over the last 10 to 20 years, I've got to tell you, and you know how much of a Mike Messina fan I am, Yeah, Max Scherzer's probably the best
2: right-handed pitcher I've seen. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. And I'd have a hard time, seriously. I love the Grom, and the ERA is sensational. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hard to give the, the, the Cy Young Award win- winner, make the Cy Young Award winner somebody who's won eight games. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And uh, that's my only
2: real argument with yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, you're I, not I, arguing that the Grom's that's not, not a great pitcher. Not a great pitcher, pitcher right, no. Right. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a, it's interesting, though, that he's getting that, garnering that much support. I guess there's this vibe that they just don't want to give it to Scherzer for a third time. Well, I don't know Nothing whether... Nothing against him. But, but Aaron
3: Nola that, would be a better choice because yeah. of what he's done and what he's done. Well, what's mentioned. his record? He's won 16 games.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, and, I think it's got to be somebody that's won a, a yes, substantial and numbers. all these
3: people out there who tell well, nobody pays attention to wins anymore. That's the biggest crock of malarkey, and all you got to do is go ask any pitcher who's ever pitched in the game. Right. So... I'm off my soapbox.
2: All right. That's a good <laughs> soapbox. It's a good soapbox. We're going to make our connection now with Andrew Stetka. Uh, Andrew writes for Masson.com, and he also writes for the Utah Street Report. Well, now I'm bummed. I thought you were having Bill Stetka on. No, I said Andrew's Stetka. dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wanted to suck up to him No, a little really. bit? No. no. I love Bill Stetka. Oh,
3: Bill's the best. Yeah. Are you kidding?
2: You know, I understand that. Bill, who used to be the PR director of the Orioles, runs alumni affairs for the right. Orioles. Understand the Mets are making a similar move with Jay Horowitz.
3: Yes, Jay uh, is
2: being moved out of
3: uh, PR. PR day to day
2: PR, and, and they be- threw
3: him a great bash the other night up at uh, City Field. Yep. a lot of people uh, came back. Uh, yeah, a lot of the media, obviously. And hard to find anybody better than Jay. Jay's Uh, a terrific guy. Jay's a terrific guy. He's a
2: colorful guy. Colorful guy. All right. Joining us right now is the son of Bill Stetka, (laughs) but he's paving his own pathway through the sports world, uh, writing for Masson and uh, for the Utah Street Report. Our friend out in Arizona, Andrew Stetka. And Andrew, what's it, 725 out there right now? It is indeed. What time do you get up? Are you like one of these six o'clock in the morning, or even earlier? Uh, this morning I was up at about four. Four. Now, do yeah. you normally have to get up that early during the Monday through Friday work week? I'm up. I'm up about that time. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yep. All
3: Can right. I get Andrews' uh, take on that because he's the guy that uh, also deals with the analytics end of this? Sure. NL uh, uh, Cy Young Award. Can you justify giving Jacob Degrom the NL Cy Young Award based on an eight and nine record? Please just say, can,
2: ju- please just say yes, so and, I can be see done the with it. See, <laughs> no, so I can see the veins pop out of his head. I I could absolutely justify it,
5: um, but I definitely think that Scherzer and Nola are, are the right one in the two. conversation along with Degrom. I'm not gonna you know, d- discount them at all. But I definitely think that, that DeGrom is, is, is there in the mix. You, you know, I understand the whole wins thing and, and how it's important to pitchers and important to, you know, to non-analytical folks. But I also, you know, I can't really look at wins as a hugely important stat when it well, comes to how well a pitcher pitches throughout the year.
3: That's true, but the, um, there's the other part of that that says if the pitcher has the wins, that means his team won the game. Right, his team won the game, and this right. is an individual award, not a team award. I understand yeah. that.
2: Listen, I go back to 1972 when I used to park cars in Atlantic City, and my boss at the parking lot... By the way, lot... your boss
3: called just a little <laughs> while ago. He wants you to come in today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I could make it up there right, by two 2.30. <laughs> um, my boss in Atlantic City owned the parking concession at Veterans Stadium back then, and I used to go to a lot of games in 1972 in Philadelphia when the Phillies won 55 games and a guy named Steve Carlton won 27 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is hard. I, I greatly respect DeGrom. Know he's battled through some tough times with injuries. It's just hard for me to give the award to somebody that wins eight games.
5: Well, and you mentioned winning 27 games in a season. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of thing we're never going to see again. It's just a different era with specialized roles in the bullpen and 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 starting pitchers going uh shorter distances. I mean, you go you go 5 or 6 innings nowadays and that's that's successful outing. So you I mean, I don't even know if you'll see another you'll probably see another twenty game winner pop up here and there, but twenty seven is just unimaginable. Well, in no, but the, age what I'm really pitchers.
2: talking about is the percentage of the wins yeah. versus the team's wins. Sure. You know, sure. Just, that's
5: understandable. It's, but I mean it, for for a team like the Mets, which have just had a, you know, an awful season, I mean, you know, the only gonna have a handful of wins yeah. to go with with the performances he's had.
3: Well, and the other part about that, too, about 27 wins by by Carlton, if you and everybody wants to talk about the run support or lack thereof that DeGrom has gotten to, through the year uh, with pitching as well as he has, I mean, I just told Stan, Ma- Max Scherzer's been shut out four times this year, and there's been a handful of games where he's gotten one run support or two runs of support. So from that standpoint, he could—he's sitting at 17 right now, but he could have 22 or 23 to this point. So, sure. I mean, if, and, you, and if you're going to base—if you're going base, to fact- base that on the Degrom stat that everybody's talking about, well, you're going—you have to look at Scherzer too, uh, in in a lack of run support area, uh, situation.
5: Well, and let's also factor in the 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 fact that, that you know the, the Mets have been very bad this season. The Nationals are what, five-and-a-half games better than them? I mean, they're not – Yeah, you know, they're not setting team, the world on
3: fire either.
2: They're not setting the world on fire, right. So. I'm just looking back at my baseball reference to get uh, Steve Carlton's 1972 season in some perspective. Uh, hold, bear with me one second um, because I'm in into that. It, he just was remarkable, but it um, – first game of the season 4 to 2 win second game one nothing third game 3 nothing lost 4 nothing then 5 to 1 8 to 3 lost wow he lost 5 games in a row in may and actually 6 then came back and it's just it's a pretty remarkable season
5: Right. and and Stan you're also talking about and this is why baseball is so great and it's so great to, to debate these kinds of things you're talking about a, a completely different era of the game yep. where runs were more at a premium um, especially the case in the national League uh, you know as it is today you know there's the differences in leagues and I mean you're, you're just you're this is why baseball is so fun to debate these kinds of stats with with whether it be wins or era or now we've got fits and yep. whip and all all these other things to to, to talk about and analyze and it that's kind of what makes it so great is that you can look back and realize that guys were winning games one nothing two one three two as opposed to now when they're winning them eight six and and nine seven
3: a one nine seven ERA for that year in three hundred and forty six innings and a yeah. third. get a load of this unimaginable now get a load of
2: this though the the number that's eye popping to me. And I wonder if we'd go back and see the uh, the Koufax numbers, the Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver. His whip that season was over 346 innings, Andrew, was 0.993. Right. That's... Well, and the other number that really stands out to me is that, you know, the
5: 346 innings is massive. 310 strikeouts as yep. well. Yep. I mean, that's that's just in, that's incredible to put up that man as a starting pitcher. To put up that kind of K per nine ratio
2: is is and, pretty incredible. And get a load of this because we alluded to you know the we're in a different generation. Thirty complete games that season, thirty complete games that season. But lost seven. He was twenty seven and ten in May and early June. He lost seven straight games and then came back and must have gone something like. Eighteen and one or something yeah. like eighteen it's, it's and it's two. Remarkable, but just remarkable.
5: I mean, to make forty-one starts in a season alone to stay yep. that healthy to be able to do that, and it's like I said, it's a completely different era.
3: You know, it's funny. The year after the twenty-seven and ten and seventy-two and seventy-three, right? He was, he was thirteen, 13 and, 20, and twenty, right? And right. and his ERA was just under four. But again, two hundred ninety-three and a third innings. I mean, so he's approaching three hundred innings again.
2: Yep. Right. Hey, one other quick question about the National League and the Mets. We were just talking about your dad, um, uh, Craig and I were talking about your dad, Andrew, that their longtime PR director, he was PR director for probably 35 years. With easily, the Mets, easily. Maybe 40. He's, being Jay booted, he's been kind of booted upstairs like your dad was to be director right. of alumni affairs for the New York Mets, and that's kind of a big deal in the world of baseball. But the other topic in Mets land that's really kind of such a bittersweet story is the press conference that uh, David Wright held the other day mm-hmm. where he announced that uh, he and the Mets announced that he's going to start the game. He hasn't played since in a major league game since May of 16. He's going to start the game a week from Saturday, um, The twi- I think the next to the last day of the season. The Mets immediately sold – Ten thousand seats within about two or three hours of that announcement, and the game is now virtually a sellout very kind of bittersweet it 's such a feel good thing that he wanted to battle back to get his body in shape, being well enough to play again, but he knows that he can 't do it sustain that
5: yeah it 's kind of crazy to, to to think about what david wright 's career um you know his career trajectory with all the injuries and how it kind of went downhill. But yep. he was, you know, if you think back to uh, the, the the late two thousands, um, he was, you know, one of the best players in the game uh, for for a couple years stretch there, and and kind of an underrated one at that. He's kind of kind of in the mold of you know the way you look at a, a Freddie Freeman or a Joey Votto in this day and age. They're not the guys that really come to mind, but they're some of the best players in the game that nobody yep. really thinks about. Um, and I really kind of think back to not a lot of people pay attention to the world baseball classic, but I mean, I think back to that 2013 world baseball classic where he was, you know, playing for team USA and, and, and doing his thing there too. And I got the chance to see him, uh, for Team USA out here in Arizona, uh, you know, a couple of years back when they, when they kind of did some of their, their preseason games before the world baseball classic. And, and he's just a joy to watch. And, um, it's it is it's kind of bittersweet, like you said, to for him to have to go out like this. But it is nice that he'll get to come back and and kind of give a, a tip of the hat to the fans well, uh, you, in
3: that way. You mentioned the uh, early two thousands, and actually it's the mid two thousands, but from 05 to 8 uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. You're looking at RBI years of a hundred and two, hundred and sixteen, a hundred and seven, and a hundred and twenty four four straight years, four straight right years, and then uh, less games. You know, probably by about 20 in 08, but uh, or I'm sorry, in 09, but in in 10, he goes 29
2: homers and 103 RBI. So, how many times does he drive in 100 runs? Five times, five times, yeah. that's pretty amazing. You know, for a <clears throat> team that uh, during the uh post Bernie Madoff years had severe financial problems, they stepped up to the plate to sign him to a big contract, and ironically. They didn't get much out of that contract.
3: And the biggest part about it is, for as good a player as he was when healthy, he's even a better human being.
2: I mean, yeah, Dave I don't David know, him, writes but he, a seemed, he always seemed like a good yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Stetka, who writes for uh, MadisonSports.com, also writes for Tony Lombardi's Utah Street Report. Um, let's we could we could beat up on the Orioles a little bit, but what's the point in that right now so i i ask you andrew are you starting to sort of gauge and handicap how these baseball playoffs are going to form formulate and who you think's got a chance and and that kind of stuff
5: man i'll tell you what it's i didn't think that the the down the stretch races were going to be as fun as they are but they look like they're mm-hmm. going to be way more entertaining uh, than they could be. I mean, obviously, in the American League, it's it's been kind of set for a while. You've got the Red Sox and the in the Yankees and the Indians, and and the West is I, I you know still still a race between the A's and Astros. But um, but the National League to me is just fascinating. I mean, you, you've seen the Brewers really kind of take charge in the last uh, last week or so of the of the wild card race. Um, the Diamondbacks have fallen back out here in Arizona. The Dodgers are the Dodgers seem to be hanging on for dear life in the West as well. They're you know the, the Rockies are the team that I think has surprised everyone. Yep. Um, by by really jumping up to the top of that National League West. Um, and you know the Central's been interesting too because the Cubs have, have kind of um, spun their tires a little bit here lately. And and the Brewers, like I said, the Brewers have have, have cleared themselves a little bit of space in, in the wild card race. Um, but are, are really hunting down the Cubs for that central, and I think when you look at it, you know, the American League, you still kind of look at the big three, I think, as the big threat uh, between the Red Sox, Yankees. The Yankees are getting healthier now, too, with Judge coming back. Um, and, of course, the Astros, the, the you know, the defending champs. I think the athletics could certainly make a little noise there, but I still think it's the big three to, to pay attention to in the American League. Um, and in the National League, it's it's really anybody's you know, guess as to you, not only who will get in, but who will be able to come out of that league um, and represent the, represent themselves in the World
2: Series. You know, I do the my MLB power rankings. I started doing them seven years ago, and I find it the the trickiest thing is that they they are sort of a rating, uh, and uh, believe me, I don't do analytics or anything. I, I look at who's injured, who they've acquired, and what they're uh, – what their status is at the moment when I come up with my ratings or my rankings and what's the hardest thing to do is you take a team like Cleveland and you know they're not as good as the Oakland A's but yet the A's are going to play in a most likely in a one game playoff just as the Yankees are that lessens their chance in my opinion that they're playing in a one game playoff to really project them ultimately to get there to play for the American League crown, uh, and well, I say that about both. I say that about both Oakland and New York. It's just a much harder um, uh, gauntlet to run through uh, when you got that one-game playoff.
5: You're, you're absolutely right, Stan. And and the other thing is that the Indians have been able to kind of sit back with that that big cushion in the AL Central all yeah. year and you know give guys rest when they need to they've been able to set up their bullpen a little better they'll be able to set up their rotation and try to get healthier uh, in these final few weeks leading into october and and meanwhile the a's and the astros even and the yankees are scratching and clawing for position um you know to to potentially avoid the wild card game in 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 the teams in the West's case um and to at least get home field in it if you're in the yankees case um so those, those teams are going to be scratching and clawing down the stretch, and, and there's always a question of, of who may have to pitch in that wild-card game. I mean, that's that's, that's the, the amazing thing. It doesn't seem to matter who the athletics throw out there. Right. Everyone is just kind of performing well. But with the Yankees, you know, there's a big question as to who would pitch in that wild-card game, I think, still. Um, you know, you've got some proven guys, and, and then some, you know, some question marks. I mean, Tanaka would probably be – the way I would lean in the, in the long run. but you it know, It would there's, probably
2: there's, be Tanaka or Hap in game one for the Yankees. Right. Yeah. I mean,
5: you've got some some new acquisitions there, too, that, that could factor. So it's just a big question mark as to, to who they would throw in. And, and you know, like you said, it, it, for the Indians, I think the Indians are, are a real threat, um, especially the way that they strengthened their bullpen at the deadline. I think that was their one spot
2: that they really need to, needed to tidy up. Uh, and they did so uh, quite well by by getting a uh, hand. and it looks like they're getting Andrew Miller. I mean, he's back, and he's pitched well the first couple times back. If they can get him to pitch and be healthy for a month, uh, that makes them dangerous. But, well, uh, and it, was but the,
5: it was their ability to to, to kind of like ease him back too. Yes. but you know that that big lead allowed them to take their time with him and make sure he was right. Uh, and I think that's been the key for them most of the season.
2: But would that have been, w- would we want to go to a situation where they would still win their division, but we'd want to reseed in baseball? In other words, they've been afforded that opportunity by knowing for the last 60, 75 days that they're going to win their division so they don't have a one-game playoff, whereas the Yankees, I... Oakland, Houston all have to, to work around that. I
5: personally don't like the idea of a reset. I think there's a there's a value to winning your division, yep. and 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 you've got to be rewarded for that. Um, it's, you know the same the same kind of thing gets talked about all the time in the NFL. We had a you know an eight and eight or seven and nine team a few years ago win a division. Uh, I think it was in the, in the NFC West, and and got to host a, a home game because of it. I, I, I like that. I like the value of winning your division, and yep. um and and I think it's going to be really interesting over the next few years in baseball to see where potential expansion and and by virtue of that uh, realignment goes, because I think it really could affect the Orioles. Um, I've seen a lot of different rumors and and things out there that they could be, you know, maybe moved out of a division with with the Red Sox-Yankees as much as some people would like or dislike that. I mean, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch develop over the next five to seven years in the game of baseball as to how division play and even... You know the the, the possible um, you know uh, crumbling of of set leagues like American League versus National League comes comes about because I think you could see some some teams get mixed up over the next few years and and things change a lot if 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 Major League Baseball ends up expanding and then realigning.
2: We're we're talking with Andrew Stetka from uh, Utah Street Report and also Massinsports.com. We got about two minutes, and go ahead, Craig.
4: Real quick,
3: I think the uh, Cubs in the National League, even for as crazy as that West is, and as crazy as that wild card race is going to be coming down the stretch, I think if Joe Madden can just get his bullpen. Uh, and, of course, losing stroke the other night is a big, big blow. Lose,
2: how long is he going to be out for? Uh, he's going to be out a for a little weeks? bit. I think a couple
3: weeks, yeah, because uh, in the uh, top of the ninth inning, he hits into a double play, and Joe Madden was going to pinch hit for him, but w- with the lead, they, they wound t- up keeping him in keep the right, game. And he winds up grounding into a double play. Uh, 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 I think it was a, a four to two, and then back to the first baseman. But Matt Wheaters took very, uh, he was very deliberate, making sure that he stepped on the plate, he stepped by and stepped out in front of the plate and threw to first, and his stroke was going crossing the bag. He was trying to beat it out. He hit the bag and pulled up lame with the hamstring. So I'm wondering just how much, you know, everybody was joking, well, looks like the genius, she probably right, should have pinch right. it. But uh, my, my point is, if they hit so well, that if he can figure out the back end of that bullpen, I think I think the Cubs can win the National League.
5: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about it. To me, in the National League, the Cubs would be head and shoulders the the favorite in my eyes. I really only think there's probably uh, two. Maybe three other teams that, that that could even challenge them. I like the Brewers, and I, I actually, if they if they can turn it around and, and sneak in, I like the Diamondbacks' chances even over either the Rockies or Dodgers. I think there are, are too many question marks with both of those teams, and and frankly, the Braves have, have you know kind of just coasted. Yeah, <laughs> strangely yeah. enough, I mean, yeah. they, they, they they've 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 kind of run away with that National League east in the last few weeks, um, just by kind of doing their thing and, and watching everyone else fall back. But I do think the Cubs are, are the team to beat in the national league and um, you know, I I, I kinda liked the Cubs before the season along with the Indians in the American League. Even though the Indians aren't really included in that uh you know, that power three. Um uh, I, I still think the fact that they've been able to sit back and, and kinda coast to their division is gonna help them like we just talked about. But but I agree with you, Craig. I think the Cubs are um definitely the team to beat in the National League and I just, I don't even see them really as as being, you know super threatened by any of the other teams. That's why I think the National League is so fascinating. I think all the teams are are, are pretty close, but but the Cubs are the one to watch.
3: Interesting, oh. the Nationals basically dismantled the Phillies and their chances with that three game sweep so uh, you know, the the Braves had a five game winning streak, but before that they were just very mediocre for about a month and A lot of teams missed chances to get up and and take over from them.
5: Including the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals, you know, if they could have gone on a run, um, definitely could have closed that gap and put some pressure on a younger team. Both both teams, you know, the Phillies and Braves, both much younger and uh, less experienced in that realm, but the Nationals, you know, packed it in. Uh, about a month ago.
2: All right. Andrew Stetka of MassinSports.com and also Utah Street Report. We appreciate your being on today and enjoy your Arizona weekend out there. All right. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. There you go. Andrew Stetka. It's time to talk about. It's time right to here. talk about. Right here. Craig Heist nipples. No. Big bats. Right here. Big bats. That's right. Ken Island's original sports bar located at 216 St. Clair Place. I can't think of anything less appetizing than either Craig's or my nipples. Um, 216. Read, read the spot, will 216. you? <laughs> Steve Garland likes me to throw in some. Yeah, some...
3: well, we just did. We gave
2: him a free plug with the shirt. There you go. <laughs> 216 St. Clair plays in Stevensville, Maryland. On the way down or back to and from the eastern shore, there's no place better to stop by, relax, and eat. Great place to watch the O's, Nats, Wizards, Caps, Redskins, Maryland when they're on TV, uh, Orioles, any any of that stuff. And sample some of the best bar grub around, sandwiches, salads, soups and subs, Big Bats, Ken Island's original sports bar. And they have a
3: slogan, Big Bats, come sit on a
1: base. So I'm what you'd call a regular at Chick-fil-A. I go a lot. And if you are too, then join the club. The Chick-fil-A One Club. When you get food, you get points. And when you get points, you earn free stuff. Like more food. Breakfast, for example. Yep, breakfast. There's an egg white grill on a multi-grain muffin with cheese that's not only delicious and healthy, but it now earns you points. Buy anything, get points. Order through your Chick-fil-A app, get points. You're going to Chick-fil-A anyway. Why not get free stuff for your efforts? Join Chick-fil-A One online or through your app. And while I've got your attention, please remember Chick-fil-A Catering. It's a real live crowd pleaser. In fact, order twice as much as you think you'll need. Trust me. Go see Steve at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Tell him I sent you. If you need help downloading your app, don't ask Steve, but he'll know someone who can help. Chick-fil-A 1, get food,
0: earn more free food. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army Reserve, it is a core value a value that brings together a variety of people from across the nation to answer the call to serve. Serving part-time in the U.S. Army Reserve means earning the respect of your community and your nation, all while pursuing your career and educational goals and staying close to home. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may qualify to earn up to $20,000 in bonuses when you join. To see if you qualify, visit GoArmy.com reserve or call 1-800-USA-ARMY paid for by the U.S. Army. It's Jerry Chevrolet's
1: 2018 model year-end clearance event with unbelievable savings on many new Chevys. New Chevy Cruises and Malibus priced up to 30% off MSRP. New Chevy Equinox and Silverado trucks priced up to 25% off. Jerry Chevrolet has so much inventory to choose from, you may take home two. Visit Jerry Chevrolet at the corner of Joppa Road and Paring Parkway and online at jerrychevrolet.com. All prices plus tax tags and freight. Sale ends September 30th.
2: Pressbox's Project Game Day is back at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You can react live with us on Press Box's Facebook page. Glenn Clark hosts at halftime, and he's joined by the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard postgame. Project Game Day is brought to you by Glory Day's Grill. Catch all of the action at your neighborhood Glory Day's Grill, where they have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game. Glory Day's Grill, great food, good sports. Press Box's Project Game Day, facebook.com slash Sports
1: score big at the green turtle with our legendary crab dip juicy burgers or any of our delicious boardwalk iced teas and lemonades bring the whole team and celebrate your latest win in our rent free party room need to raise money for your sports league or team our funds for friends program has raised over 1 million dollars for local sports organizations everyone is a winner at the turtle visit thegreenturtle.com to find your local turtle
2: the latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our annual college football preview edition, in which we offer thorough previews of the season for all of the FBS, FCS, and Division three programs in the state. Additionally, the edition includes a preview of the high school football season for the region as well. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 rural farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. And we are back on the battle round. Stand the fan along with Craig Heist, and uh, we urge you, if you are watching the show on Facebook Live, please. And I urge Craig Heist and Brittany Everett already to done sh- to share share it. Like already t- done as well. Like at ten o'clock this morning. How come my thing? I guess I got to refresh my thing because it says I got one share and I shared it. Well, now we have three, at least. Great, great. You should probably refresh your thing, Stan. (laughs) I should refresh my thing. Yes, I will. I will do that. Uh, Joining us now, speaking of refreshing our thing, is Mike Shallon, a new grandfather again uh, up there in Boston. How are you, Mr. Shallon?
6: Well, I had to pop my teeth in to come on the air, but I'm uh, I'm here. (laughs) Well,
3: after Stan's dental surgery, even if you didn't, you can't sound any worse than Stan.
6: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's too soon, huh? (laughs) Hey,
2: first of all, this isn't your first grandson or grandchild, right? No, in fact, the funny thing is that
6: it's, it's, it's our second and the first one. Just as you, just as Brittany called, the first one walked in the door. So I had to, so I had to shift people because I, uh, you know, because I got a big radio thing to do. Big so. radio gig, yeah. Yeah, it would probably yeah, he's, three, the, he's, three, he's three. He's an old man already.
2: He's so. three. Wow. But I, t- I got to tell you, the pictures you post on Facebook, nobody enjoys grandfatherhood more than Mike Shallon. Hey, Mike, let me ask you something
3: real quick, because uh,
2: Stan okay. obviously didn't communicate with me as to what the real purpose for having
3: you on today was and what the topics were. I want to get you. Not grandfathering. Wasn't grandfathering. But I I want. Number one, did you see any of the highlights from the game last night involving the Nationals and the Braves?
6: The only thing I saw was uh, Soto's home run.
3: Okay. Laz Diaz last night. Was he a home plate umpire? He was the home plate umpire. And he calls Harper out on a third strike on a curveball that's got to be a half a foot off the plate. And there are times in this game, pardon me, <clears throat> where Diaz approaches the mound and he's yelling at the pitcher, and also I think he's yelling at Harper in center field. So totally the aggressor here. Where, where I mean, everybody knows Laz is pretty god awful as he's a played umpire. It's terrible. So he's bad both ways last night. But in this particular instance, the Harper call is more egregious than most, and he. I, I just wondered if you had seen that and what your reaction would be, would have been to that, where an umpire comes out from behind a plate and he's starting to yell at a guy in center field.
6: Well, I also read, I read yesterday that um, Hallion is under investigation for standing at home plate when Todd Frazier hit a walk-off the other day and was actually in the middle of the Mets players
4: uh-huh.
6: when, when uh, Frazier jumped on home plate.
4: <laughs> Excuse me.
6: I, I, I don't know sometimes where these guys... You know, I remember, I remember the, the great Richie Garcia, who, who I, you know, I, I loved as a person, but he had this, this short fuse, very short fuse. And I remember when Gene Michael was covering the Yankees, when Gene Michael was the manager and And uh, G- Stick got thrown out of the game, and, and, and afterward we, we asked him what he said, and he said, "Well, I just told him to stop chasing after my players. In other words, a good umpire will turn his back, yep. let the player have his say, and it's over. These guys these guys with the short fuses, and you know you got to count you know Joe West and, and uh, Angel Hernandez, I mean the, the, the list is, is is long, you know you're not supposed to know that, that they're there. OK, right. um, they screw up. They're human beings. I have no problem with that. Uh, the Astros lost the game Sunday night because of a ridiculous call on Altuve at home plate, which I don't know how that wasn't overturned on replay. Uh, Josh Reddick came out with a picture clearly, clearly showing the, the hand on the plate and the glove mat on the player. And then you have you have the TV people on on ESPN saying, well, maybe maybe he tagged maybe it was the laces of the glove that tagged well <laughs> mm-hmm. if, you, if you know the game at all you know that 2 years ago they outlawed that right. laces do not count as a fur tag anymore uh, because otherwise you, a guy could have a 6 foot lace right. you know, and just throw the lace at. <laughs> so so i mean it, it's a, it's it's not as difficult a game to officiate as basketball Hockey or football, it's not even close. Right, and and yet these guys, you know, I could I could forgive a, a Jim Joyce for the mistake he made at first base. I mean, that, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, perfect um, game. Uh, yeah. Denk, in the '85 World Series, you, you can, those, are, those are human errors. I can I can I can live with that. But then you put a system in which essentially takes it out of their hands. Okay, to a degree. And there's no common sense in the replay thing. Well, we, the the evidence was not conclusive. Yes, but common sense tells you that Altuve's safe. Okay, right. So you you overturn it, and the Astros have the lead in that game last Sunday night. But the, this this militant nature of some of these guys, you know, Joe West coming up with that stupid thing with the picture with the with the, uh, the with the bro- yeah, the, the cheat sheet. Yeah, terrible. You know, he said. He said, "I it wasn't. I wasn't gonna throw him out, but I just knew there was something wrong with that." Well, you didn't know there was something wrong with right. that, and and you were wrong again. Right. Mm-hmm. And and these and and in my opinion, uh, there wasn't a, there a time a couple of years ago where uh, Daniel Murphy was thrown out of a game for asking the second base umpire to move, and the, and the, and I think it must have been Joe West who went, went right after him and wound up throwing him out of the game. Right it's it's not that difficult a sport to officiate.
3: Well, part of it is and, because Joe West can't move.
6: <laughs> right, exactly. And and he's not he's not alone there. Although I, yeah. I noticed lately that there are a lot more in shape umpires than than, than there ever have been right, before. Yep. There's still there's still some fatties, but they're there's, there's, these guys are young and they're and they're athletic.
3: Well, and the, the reason I ask you that was because uh, I know Stan has other things to get to. But the reason I ask you that, they, they they talked to Harper after the game in the clubhouse, and Harper was very diplomatic and said, "Well, as long as I know the strike zone is going to be that way, I've just got to concentrate more on mm-hmm. being ready for pitches of but that it's, nature." But it's not, but I it's not that. Way. I understand
2: that he means under Las Diaz. Under Las
3: Diaz, he says, "If oh, I under." Okay. But the other part of it is he he was asked what was said and he said I don't think I should need to go into that. He says if anybody wants to know, go oh, ask Tyler you. Flowers who was the catcher right. for the Braves. He says he knows exactly what was said.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs>
6: we're, well, talk, we're you know, anybody wants anybody wants to know what was said just go find that uh Bill Haller and Earl Weaver. Uh, yeah. Earl
2: Weaver. Right. One of the funniest. <laughs> you're a liar, you're a liar Earl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into the Hall of Fame for what, Earl? Screwing up, world. Yeah. I've won more than I've lost. Games, right. stupid. Games, games. yeah. <laughs> We're talking the, only reason, the only reason you came here, here, here to us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a great story. And you remember the story that the catcher, uh, Bill Haller's brother, was Tom Haller, who was the catcher yeah. that night for the Tigers. Well, the great, great part of that too, great part of that too, is Mike Flanagan. Right. The late Mike
3: Flanagan always told me, he says, we would pull that video whenever we were going bed. We'd pull that video out and take a look at it, just to you know, to to, to lighten the mood, get a little. Yeah. He says, but what nobody knows about that video is the fact that Earl come running by me and he goes, "Did you talk?
2: And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Ah, the hell with it." <laughs> he still went out. He said, "Screw it." We're talking with Mike Shallon of the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader. He writes columns in the New Hampshire Union Leader. He's also uh, been the pen behind the book, The Hometown Team. Um, Steve Babineau is the photographer. Did I get that right this time? You got it. All right. That book is selling like hotcakes up there in and around Boston.
6: I'm constantly answering questions about the New York Times bestseller list. Right. And uh, I said, listen, last week, as far as I know, we were numbered 18,623. <laughs> so, which is a number I just made up. Right. In these, in, these, in these political times, you can do that. Um, I've been told, now, I, I'm not saying this. Yep, I've been told that it is the best baseball book of all time. And, and, um, that's a that's a conservative estimate by the people who who, who know these things.
2: So well, it's it, it speaks
6: to the power that, I don't know about I don't know about hotcakes, but it's um it, it's doing okay I guess and, it, and it's uh, something we're proud of.
2: It speaks to the the power of Red Sox Nation. It really does. You know how popular well, they are you know
6: it's nice it's nice of the team to to uh, cooperate with a one oh one and forty seven record. Right. Um you know, it's it's always good when you're trying to sell a book on a team about mm-hmm. a team yep. that the team does well. Yeah, and um, you know, it's uh, they actually lost the game last night with uh, lost a lateral, which is almost unheard of for them. But um, they they are on an incredible roll.
2: Tell me, tell me, you and I, you've you've helped me a great deal at times when people throw me interesting statistical questions. I throw them to you because you have a connection with. Um, is it Elias or? Or, well, it's or, it's stats, but all stats, a stats yeah. things. But remember, about two months ago, I asked you the question, and you got me right back to me with the all-time differential between first place and last place in the history of the game. And I believe that the all-time record was sixty-six or sixty-six and a half games by the Boston Bean Eaters in the National League in nineteen oh nine. The Orioles right now, I think, are fifty-nine or sixty games behind the Red Sox. They're threatening that all-time mark. Well, you
6: know, I I, um, I saw the end of the game the other night where they, they I think they avoided their twenty what would have been their twenty-second sweep of the season. Right, and um, you know, it's it's difficult to watch. It's painful to watch. I, you know, watching phony call the games and trying to act excited when something good happens right. but it's uh you know and then and then people you know people throw that uh worst Orioles team ever at me and I keep thinking about the old 21 yep. from uh 30, you know, was it 30 years ago now right yeah and, and,
2: 1988 um, yep yeah
6: um you know it's it's historically bad you know and <laughs> the Yankees uh I mean, I'm sorry the Red Sox are twenty nine and six against the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Wow! And you know, there's your there's your difference because they they have beaten up on the bad teams and the Yankees have not. You know, until that Yankee sweep recently, they were dead even with the Orioles and they were behind the Tampa versus Tampa Bay. With, with Tampa Bay, is not one of those teams anymore. But part of Tampa Bay's success, I believe, is is the Orioles. You know. Uh, there's a very, there's a very low bar to look good now because there's the Orioles and the White Sox and the Royals. Mm-hmm. You can kind of throw Toronto into that mix, I guess. Uh, although I don't consider them quite, quite as bad. I, I, I think they're still more representative than yeah. the other teams. But there's too many bad teams, and and uh, that will allow for team threatening the, the, uh, the all-time wins. Record. Now, the Red Sox will break the franchise record, but they will not break the major league record.
2: We're talking Mike Shallon, New Hampshire Union leader. Mike, uh, as we get close to the playoffs, how do you think, and the last time we had you on you made an incredible point, that I think none of the Red Sox starting pitchers have ever won a postseason game as a starter? Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, believe,
6: I believe the current group is only about 0 and eleven. But uh David Price <laughs> has two wins both out of the bullpen. He's said uh, you yeah, he also he also pitched some decent games in yeah. those in those uh, non winning situations. But um yeah, you gotta prove it. yeah you know, I mean, so- uh, Chris Sale Chris Sale is I believe nine games under five hundred in August and September in his career. Uh they uh, they they tried to they tried to uh, mitigate that obviously with with holding him out what he probably could have pitched during the shoulder thing. But the fact of the matter is that he has pitched one inning since you know August whatever. Uh, had to go on the DL twice after 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 pitching and uh, lost lost himself a Cy Young award. No question about that. He was going to win it. Yep. And then, um, you know, he has to go out and prove it. You know, you've got unproven things. You've got Price. You've got Porcello, who's uh, in the last seven starts had a 5.84 ERA. Uh, and we know from past experience that there's a very good Porcello and a very bad Porcello. Yep. And the very good Porcello tends to to take advantage of tremendous offensive support and often in the postseason, you don't get tremendous offensive support. So there are questions that have to be answered. You know, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And, and when you got teams like, like Cleveland, like Houston, like Oakland, and the Yankees, those are not, those are not pushover teams. And and there'll be, there'll be no walkover. Now if the Yankees, win the wild card game, they're right back here to start the, to start the, the series, the ALDS, and. You know, Judge took his first step last night, came in and played defense for a mm-hmm. couple innings. And if they get him back and the Sanchez starts to hit, I mean, you know, right now the Yankees have a positive situation for the wild-card game. They don't know whether to go with Hap or Walker.
4: Or, um, or yep. well, and,
6: and if Severino continues on the path that he may have started last game, then you've got three guys capable of pitching that first game. So, But then again, how hard the Yankees are here the last weekend of the season. How hard are they going to have to fight to get the home field? Because they don't want to play in Boston on Sunday, play in Oakland in, in the playoff game, and then have to fly back to Boston if they win to open the ALDS. So there's going to be a lot of things going on here in the last couple of weeks in both leagues that are going to be very interesting in terms of uh, in terms of the postseason.
3: No question. And you think about Houston and their lead right now, two and a half over Oakland, three in the loss column. But that wild card to me is something that, and now it's inevitable, but, I mean, y- you know, you look back to the middle of the season, that was one of the things that the Yankees I don't think wanted any part of was that wild card game.
6: No, no. One game, one game, you know, last last year they go out and Severino gets bombed in the first yep. game, And they, they came back and won that game because they always beat the Twins. And right, so, right. Um, but, no, you don't want to play one game for your season. I mean, that's just uh, – it's created a tremendous amount of excitement. You know, I remember, I remember the uh, Pirates going a couple times. Didn't they had like ninety six and ninety seven wins when they went, and then boom, mm-hmm. one game, and they're done. Um, you know, that's that's uh, that's the new system. It's created this whole. You know, so it's, we can say what we want about baseball not keeping up with the times and losing fan interest and all this stuff, but they have they have created a system. That lends itself to these very positive races, you know. And uh, yep. uh, while while obviously the Cleveland Indians aren't involved in any kind of a race, look at look at everywhere else in baseball. It's pretty. It, it's kind of. It's going to make the last two weeks fun.
2: What do you think of the? Uh, and we've only got about two minutes left, because uh, two or three minutes left. What, what do you think of the Josh Donaldson trade and and all the angst by the other teams that didn't step in there and and try to acquire him?
6: Well. From from everything that I can tell, Anthony outsmarted everybody else. And if you've been to outsmart other people, the people you're outsmarting are not going to be happy about. Right. And I can't see anything that they did wrong, as long as it's within the rules, because the commissioner could have stepped in and done something. Uh, it was kind of tricky where they got him, and then they put him on the DL, because putting him on the DL allowed him to rehab, and... Uh, you know, I thought you had to serve time on the dL before you rehab mm-hmm. and had he served time on the dL before you rehab, then there would have been no more place to rehab so right um although I think the Indians may still be playing in the minors, but uh you know I mean I'm sure that he checked all the boxes and um not only that well you know they put they put the claim on him because because of their because of their record and that 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 kept him, obviously, from the
2: Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. But, you and know, and
6: do you think, there's, su- you know, they,
2: do you think there's some suspicions, though, that because the general manager and Mark Shapiro came from the Indians that they might have treated them differently than they would have treated the Yankees or the Red Sox?
6: Well, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, if the Indians didn't put in a claim and one of the other teams did, they would have had to deal with them. Yeah. They, they wanted to They wanted to move him and, and get get something for him before before he walked away. And there was also no guarantee he was going to play. You know, he'd been out for months. And, uh, see, baseball used to be a wink-wink link world. Remember that? The old days where yep. guys would get through waivers all the time and, and it would be routine. And all of a sudden, people started blocking players, which is well within the rules. Yeah, no question about it. And you look at what happened in the National League when Murphy had you are telling me that there wasn't another contender in the National League before the Cubs got Daniel Murphy that could have used Daniel Murphy. Right. Yeah. It's not just to keep him away from
2: the Cubs. Right. It's amazing to me sometimes it comes down to who's willing to pay at that time, you know, the last million and a half on the contract and yeah. the Cubs were willing to do it and some other teams weren't. Hey, I got we've got time for one more question. How important yeah. Is Stephen Wright going to be to the Boston Red Sox's chances for a World Series?
6: I think that if he uses Stephen Wright the right way, pardon the pun, uh, in the bullpen, I think he can be he can be invaluable.
2: Yeah. Now that
6: said, you're still dealing with the only knuckleball pitcher in baseball who's still active. I believe. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um. And and you know that one dancing knuckleball gets away at the wrong time. Yeah, the Red Sox have two excellent defensive catchers. Swihart's done a good job, so they've got to make a decision on who's going to be on who's going to be in the postseason roster. But that knuckleball dances out of the catcher's glove and can change a game, um, and and that that's the one danger in 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 having a guy like that. the uh, The the plus side is that you can pitch him a lot, but even even that's not as big a factor in the playoffs with the off days, but. Uh, because every every release pitcher should be rested uh, for postseason because of the, the days off. But uh, I think he could be a real key. I thought until the last couple weeks that Thornburg could have been a key, but apparently he's out of the picture, and yeah. any 1% chance he had he gave up last night with, with giving up two hormones the that. So, mm. yeah, I think White could be a key. Also, also Matt Barnes is hip. If, that's, if that continues to be a problem, he threw up the mound yesterday for the first time, and he's going to do. He's going to throw again tomorrow. Uh, this team is not is not set when it comes to when, how it's going to handle its bullpen. So um, you know, again, nothing's automatic. I don't care how many games you win in the regular season, nothing is automatic.
3: Hey, Mike, give me a name real quick: Aaron Nolo, Max Scherzer, or Jacob DeGrom is your NL signing Jacob award.
2: Grom. Jacob award? Really, DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom? Couldn't Leather, couldn't, couldn't guys, disagree
6: with you more. Well, the other guys' ERAs have both jumped and. uh Scherzer got bombed last night, and he's almost a run higher than Degrom. And Nola has been terrible lately, and the Phillies, the Phillies collapses is, is it's not nineteen sixty four ish, but it's a collapse. Can't. and and, and uh, I I don't I mean, I'm watching poor Degrom pitch, and I'm a lifelong Mets fan. I have to admit that I qualify it. Right. But man, oh man, and he's, they showed him in the dugout the other night when they were beating the Marlins thirteen to nothing. And they say, oh, Jacob DeGrom, he's, he's thinking it's only, you know. I mean, he's broken the record for consecutive quality starts. Half of the starts, his, you know, more than half the starts of his career, he's given up one run or less. I mean, I, I just, you know, what did um, Felix win? Felix won like 12 games? You no, know, 13. It was 13, 13 and 12.
3: 13. I can't give it, it to 13. somebody. I can't give it to somebody with, with eight wins. I'm sorry. I just cannot do it. Well, Maybe, maybe he'll end up with 10.
6: Yeah, maybe <laughs> he'll end up with 10. I mean, would you be swayed if he you, if you won his last three starts and won 11 games? Would that matter?
3: It might, yeah, because I'm, I'm one of those people that really You're think wins fashioned. do matter. Yeah.
6: And one not these point, Sabre Matrix yahoos. 1.71. I
3: get all that. I get all that. But, you, Mike, down through history, you can always find that one or two guys during the course of any season who pitches his butt off, doesn't have the win record, and can throw you a low ERA into the mix. It's just not all about that
6: to me. Yeah, but the the, the guys you're talking about are, are pre-analytics.
4: Oh, and, well, that's and fine. Scherzer,
6: Scherzer went out last night, and I think, I think his ERA is up to 2.58 or something. That's almost a whole run difference, yeah. and playing playing play with a much with a much better lineup. But I could I could uh, also
3: tell you that he's been shut out four times this year, and there's been four starts where he's gotten one run supp- one run as run support and two runs of run support. And what were, what
6: were the scores of the the shutout?
3: Uh three nothing. He's been beaten mm-hmm. one nothing twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean. You, you know, but you so, can't. But oh, God, you can't yeah. argue.
2: Wait a minute, but you can't argue in his favor, saying he didn't get run support, and then say, "Well, Degrom only won eight games. If he got run support, he'd probably have fifteen but, wins." But
3: that's that's the argument, though.
2: But this is
6: but this is every game for Degrom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you. You know, I I, I watch their games, and and if. If he hasn't given up a run, it's nothing, nothing. Well, it what says. was the year?
3: What was the year that Joe McGrange uh, wound up uh, finishing? I think third in the Cy Young ballot. He had a very similar type year.
6: Pre-analytics, so.
2: though.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: you hey, know, since, right? since we blew past the break, we're going to keep you a couple <laughs> more minutes if you're okay. I wanted to ask you a couple Met questions. Um, so you you know Jay Horowitz pretty well then, if you're a Mets mm-hmm. fan and you. How many years has he been their PR director? Has it got to oh, be 40? My goodness.
6: I don't know. I, I I gave Jay a big hug last night and a kiss on the on the Kepi, if you will. Right. And, uh, <laughs>
2: I figured uh, that. I figured that. You know, I... I this, um, this is a family show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, Kepi's
6: good. Kepi's good. Kepi's that's good. good. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. That's the part. But, the um, uh, you know, I don't think this is jay's decision i think i, I don't yeah. think he's thrilled with it it's it's like they're putting him out the pasture I and mean, it's a nice position and he said you know he says i'm 73 years old and yeah. time but jay you know jay is the mets and, and no question and, about uh, it. you know I, I hope i wish him very well and i i hope that tomorrow's his last road game and I, i'm definitely going to have a picture taken with him so i can throw it out on facebook and He's one of the greats of our game. Yeah, no you know, question, no about, question it. about
2: it. One of the other greats to the game, and I, I frankly hadn't looked at his numbers for a while. Uh, the press conference was held the other day where Stephen Wright sat there with... David jo- Wright. David Wright, excuse me. Yeah. I was, I knew I'd screw up the, Wrights, the Wright brothers, but David yeah. Wright announced that he's going to play one last game... Uh, the Mets basically have now sold out that game. I think in the hour, hour and a half after that press conference, they sold ten thousand tickets. I didn't realize Craig Heiss went over the numbers. He's got five seasons of over a hundred RBIs. Yeah, mm-hmm.
6: yeah. Without the injuries, he he was on a Hall of Fame. He was on no, a, no a Beltre kind of yeah Bel-Tray kind of path. So, no question So about compare
2: it. him, compare him to Don Mattingly. You know, in terms of injuries. Yeah. Well. I, I, won't, I won't
6: compare it again. I have to qualify this by saying that I wrote a book with Don Mattingly. Yeah, I understand Jim, that. Jim, Jim Bowden once jumped all over me on uh, XM Radio. But uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, Mattingly was arguably the best player in the game
4: mm-hmm.
6: uh, for a four- or five-year period. No, David was never at that level. Okay. But David was an outstanding player. Um,
2: but the fact that both in, were on Hall of Fame paths until the injuries. Well, you know, you want to if you want to
6: get you, know, you want to keep it in New York, you, you got to add Strawberry and good into that. Yeah, they were definitely on Hall of Fame. Self self inflicted, I mean. though. You know, well, they were self inflicted. No yeah. question about it. David is is you know he's class personified. Yeah, no question about. It. They announced last night too that he's gonna he may pinch hit even before that date. But uh, Callaway said, "I got to tell him. I got to tell him several innings in advance so he can get ready." That's how, helping. I have. I have spinal stenosis in my neck, and I and I and arthritis in my neck, and I know how tough it is just for me to type, you yeah. know, and, 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 and work what I do in the, in the my small contribution to this earth. But uh, I can't even imagine, you know, as somebody who co- covered Bill Buckner and watched him sit in the clubhouse with his feet in two buckets of ice mm-hmm. every day before the game, these guys do a lot. To yep. sacrifice themselves to play the game, and granted they make a lot of money, there's no question. The Mets made a bad deal with him, right? It was probably bad the minute they signed him because they weren't going to win with him, right? And they probably could have gone in different directions, but he, you know, he, he was the, the he was the and, Mets
2: at that point. He's yep. the
6: modern Mets, no yep. question.
2: All right, he is. Mike Shallon. He is Mike Shallon. Yes, he is. And his book, uh, The Hometown Team, is available on Amazon. If you know anybody in your extended family or your family that's a Red Sox fan, this is a great holiday gift. Mike, we'll have you on hopefully during the playoffs, all right? Any time, guys. All right. Great pleasure to talk to you as always. Yeah. All right.
3: I mean, getting back real quick to that yep. the Scherzer thing. He is 17-7 and seven this year. Church okay, is Right, and his ERA is 2.53. Okay. Now, he's won the Cy Young the last two years mm-hmm. with a 2.96 and a 2.51. Mm-hmm. He was a 20-game winner in 18—I'm sorry, in 16, and he was 16-6 and six last year.
2: Okay. I I still think he's going to win the award. I, 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 I think
3: he's probably going to win it, and the only reason I say that is because Aaron Nola— over the last three faded. or four starts, it's faded, faded a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but he's yeah. still got 16 wins.
2: But I, you get my point, though. You can't defend Scherzer by telling, saying, boy, if he had only gotten better offensive support because he's been shut out a couple times yeah, he'd against him. Probably you can say Probably be looking at 23rd, 23 you, wins. But but Mike and I are arguing that, yeah, maybe 22 wins. But then if, if his ERA... If his ERA is 2.55 mm-hmm. and Degrom is 1.71, but Degrom is 14-9, well, t- d- d- that's a
3: totally different okay. story. That's more is like a Felix Hernandez type of right, thing. Right. I can, and, and again, the year of Hernandez won it. Like there really was nobody
2: else. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. All right, let's pay a couple bills right now. All right, you owe uh, me. <laughs> and, uh, well, I will pay you a couple bills. I need your help on a spot. Yeah, go Because ahead. we're welcoming in the Costas Inn. Oh, all right. It's one of our radio sponsors. Right. What do you like at the Costas Inn?
3: What is there not to like at the Costas Inn? Monday night, crab cake night. Right? Yeah. The specials go straight on through the week.
2: What night's steak night? Is steak that night is Wednesday. Wednesday night. Right.
3: That's what I thought. Lobster, I think, on Thursday. Right. And uh, you got you got live entertainment during the week. You got uh, uh, hard yeah. rock and roll or good rock and roll on Friday night.
2: Wednesday's jazz.
3: Wednesday's jazz. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick and Pete just show up. They'll treat you like family.
2: Well, you mentioned at the beginning what's not the like? Yeah. You know, the fact that Nick and Pete are there.
3: Well, that, that
4: might that. not be. <laughs>
2: anyway they're located at 4100 North Point Boulevard <laughs> and I know I know Nick's probably looking at this right now going jackass <laughs> yeah, I'm paying for this I'm yeah. paying for this yeah <laughs> uh, 4100 North Point Boulevard the best crabs around great crab cakes great crab soup not enough people plug. How great their crab well, soup is. Well, the Maryland
3: is. crab is just a tradition, yep. and that's that's a family recipe. yeah. But the cream of crab, you will not find better cream of crab soup anywhere.
2: Now, you know what my wife likes to do? She likes to put half and half. Oh, really? Have you ever had that? I have not. Yep. Something else to Something try. to try. Absolutely. At the Costas Inn, uh, tell uh, Nick and Pete that Stan and Craig Heiss sent you.
1: Com. What are they all about? Well, this is very cool. You can link together events from across the sports landscape into one comprehensive fantasy pool. So let's just say you're like us. Maybe you're playing a World Cup pool right now. You want to keep that fun going with your friends after the World Cup is over. Maybe you do a football picks pool that you loop together and that fun continues throughout the course of the year. Start a league today. Invite your friends. Single event leagues are free. Multi-event leagues are just a flat $4.99 fee for the entire league. Not per person, just $4.99. There's plenty of competitions that Loop League has. I mentioned the World Cup football picks. It continues MLB playoffs. They'll be doing stuff like that. I mean, They even do UFC fights, but if you've got an idea for something that you want to do, you can tell them at Loop League on Twitter, and they'd be willing to consider it. They've got 21 events on the platform right now with more coming. This is something that was started by local guys. It's extremely cool. Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com.
0: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army Reserve, it is a core value, a value that brings together a variety of people from across the nation to answer the call to serve. Serving part-time in the U.S. Army Reserve means earning the respect of your community and your nation, all while pursuing your career and educational goals and staying close to home. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may qualify to earn up to $20,000 in bonuses when you join. To see if you qualify, visit GoArmy.com reserve or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
7: KZ, Sari,
5: the NFL Chick Ko from the Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. You can hear it by going to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon.
7: And you can also check us out on Facebook.com slash Sports.
5: We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the fantasy aspect. We talk about the reality aspect. And we talk about soccer. the the other type of football
4: no no we don't
5: we don't no never no yeah tennis no rugby nope no just football nfl football football. college college football football. every sunday
1: morning 10 a.m to noon press box fantasy and reality football show Hey car fanatics, get your motor revving and head over to the 14th annual Fall Car Show at Jerry's Chevrolet, but now on the new date, Sunday, September 30th. Featuring Corvettes, Street Rods, Customs, Trucks, Imports, Rat Rods, Vintage, and much more. 23 classes plus another 26 award categories. Car registration is only $20 and proceeds benefit MDA of Greater Maryland and it's free to attend, but on the new date, Sunday, September 30th. For details, visit Jerry's Auto show.com that's jerry's auto show.com. Pressbox's
2: Project Game Day is back at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You can react live with us on Pressbox's Facebook page. Glenn Clark hosts at halftime, and he's joined by the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, postgame. Project Game Day is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Catch all of the action at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, where they have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Pressbox's Project Game Day. Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer from Glenn Clark Radio. We're going to be talking a lot of Lamar Jackson on our show, but I want to make a promise right now. For those of you that tune in to Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday from 10 to noon, we will talk about something unrelated to Lamar Jackson for at least 30 solid seconds every day. Kyle, I thought maybe we should give people an idea of some of the topics that we might discuss other than Lamar Jackson. For example, we might talk about Chick-fil-A sauce.
0: Aliens. The television
1: program Detroiters. Jesus
0: stealing pizza.
1: All these things are options for thirty solid seconds, and then we'll go right back to Lamar Jackson. GlennClarkRadio.com, PressBoxOnline.com/slash/radio, and watch the show Facebook.com/slash/PressBoxSports.
2: Oh, well, we we are back on the battle round, and uh, we we uh, really pieced this show together. We were going to run an interview with uh, that I did about six, seven weeks ago with Jim Gentile during this segment, but we ended up having such a good time with Mike Shallon. Uh, he's always very entertaining that we kept it like an extra eight or ten minutes with him, and that took us to the point where we couldn't really run the genteel interview. So, so
3: basically what you're saying is we have to jabber for about 15 minutes.
2: About, uh, yeah, actually about eight, seven or eight minutes okay. we got to jabber. And I thought one of the things we've been beating around like a dead horse, this issue of the National League Cy Young Award We're in agreement that had Chris Sale not gotten hurt, he would still be leading most likely. Mm -hmm. But Blake Snell has come on like a bat out of hell and had just a remarkable season. And
3: and to do it with that team Mm -hmm. and do it in a situation where almost every other start has been altered from a bullpen standpoint, mm-hmm. in in where you're you're getting your, your 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 guy out of the bullpen on that given day, going two or three innings, and then making it a basic bullpen game. I mean, Snell's been fabulous, and yeah. I mean, he to me is
2: gonna win this thing. No question about it at this point. Nineteen and five. Yeah, he would become. I'm guessing. Am I correct? Did David Price ever win twenty games? With the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, I think he'll become the first twenty-game winner in Tampa Bay Rays history. Yeah, yeah, he'd be the first one. All right, um, let's go to the manager of the year. I think we're all going to agree that Joey, uh, Joey Cora or Alex Cora uh, of the Boston Red Sox is probably going to be the American League manager of the year.
3: I would send. I would have a tendency to say that, and if you ask the people who play up there, and uh, a lot of guys swear by. Joey yep. and
2: uh I, I think Wait a minute, is it Alex or Joey? It's huh? Which one it's I'm Alex? I'm sorry, Alex. Ah, okay, you threw me off. No, no, I no, no. Just my, said my fault. Alex uh, Corey. Yep. That's
3: probably why I said it. But anyway, <laughs> I everybody everybody to a man thinks that with some of the different personalities that's on that club, he's done a great job of just holding it together. Plus he's had some pitching issues of his own, and yet offensively that team is one of the best in the league, if not the best. So uh, I would have to, uh, a tendency to agree. I mean, Aaron Boone's done a nice job in New York, but uh, I mean, I think Cora's been the guy uh, that right. you would give that award to. And
2: I'd say maybe a third guy, candidate would be uh, Kevin Cash in Tampa, who's Kevin, done a really remarkable uh, job Kevin there. Kevin
3: Cash, but also keep in mind Bob Melvin out with the A's. Because, oh, God, yeah. Because here's a team that wound up. You know what? I I forgot
2: about them. In
3: two months to the day, they gained 12 games on the Houston Astros to move into a first-place tie with them. Right now, two-and-a-half out, still a chance to win that division. Uh, Some things have to go right the last two-and-a-half weeks, but still, uh, you you cannot discount Bob Melvin. National League
2: uh, Manager of the Year. I'm looking at Craig Council of the Milwaukee Brewers – Madden's going to win – well, Madden here in a dogfight, but I think Madden was probably – despite the injury to you, Darvish, they were probably expected to be more dominant. I'd say that a lot of people would be disappointed in the Cubs and think that the um, the Milwaukee Brewers overachieved a little bit. I think uh, – what's his name out there in Torrey Lavulo Probably first half of the year would have been manager of the year in the National League, but not so much right now. Probably not so much right
3: now, and I agree with you. I think uh, it's probably going to come down to Madden and him.
2: Madden and Council.
3: Madden and Council, yeah. And, uh, I mean, again, Milwaukee. They've had their share of pitching issues at times this year, but uh, you know it's nice to see Jonathan Scope, even though he wasn't playing every day there for a while. He's starting to pick up the pace and and get going at the plate a
2: little bit. MVP, are we looking at Javier Baez of the Chicago Cubs? It would Cubs? be hard Is there anybody you uh, could. Well. I mean Markakis has had a Markekes real has had a real he's nice faded year. They did a little bit uh, no, batting but average He's, long. he's still at 2.97 or whatever yeah, but he was at 3.30 about a month ago. Yeah. yeah. But
3: uh, so so he would be in the mix but I I think it's Javi Baez because 32 home runs, over 100 RBI and uh, he makes all the plays and you know really for him for me in the middle of that lineup to compliment to complement uh, uh, Bryant and Rizzo, and uh, yeah, I think Javi Baez probably wins it in the National League.
2: American League, a two-horse race between J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts? Uh, yeah, probably, but also
3: don't uh, count out Chris Davis, and I'm talking about the one with the K. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, I yeah. got gotcha. you. He's got 42 home 42 runs homers, and yeah. 111 RBI.
3: Right, so it's kind and, and on a team that probably without him doesn't make that, 12-game run to catch.
2: You know, you make an interesting point because with Betts and Martinez, you could say, well, they each had the other. Uh, with uh, with the Oakland yeah. A's, you make a strong case. Yeah. Who comes to mind for rookie of the year? And I can't say that I'm really thinking about the, who would be the rookies of the year. Uh, well, in the National
3: League, it's a two-guy race between Juan Soto and Robert Acuna, Jr., so guy I remember both of their names. And, and, yep, and last had... night, the two of them, yeah. playing against each other, put on a hell of a show down in Atlanta. Soto, a couple of great running catches. Uh, Acuna Jr. with the RBI, two-run single bloop off Max Scherzer. And that was one of the things in that Scherzer game last night, uh, to, to walk the bases loaded in terms of uh, the, the Braves had a couple people on, but they got to... Uh, Kevin Gosman, and on a 3-2 pitch, Scherzer missed on an inside slider and walked him. Acuna Jr. then hits a 3-2 pitch, off the fist, into right field, bloops behind Zimmerman and Defoe, and also Eaton running in. But the thing about that was Scherzer's hat is completely soaked, Mm -hmm. drenched his uniform same way he could not he kept rubbing his couldn't get hand, a dry hand couldn't get a dry grip on the in what fact, about the Rosenbag? Well, the Rosenbag and that was another thing, but he still had the problem after going to the bag, and that was after Weeders had gone out and used a mound visit to give him a chance, chance to, to, dry to off. try to try to dry off.
2: So which of the two of them is the National League rookie of the year? Soto's done it for more games, hasn't he? Well,
3: no, you're at bats. Soto was was here at the beginning of May after three different levels in the minor leagues. Uh, Gulf Coast, single A, and then
2: uh, Remarkable. double A. Double A yep.
3: uh, Acuna Jr. has just been fabulous all year, and you could certainly argue the Braves aren't where they are without him. Right. I think both are as valuable to their teams as the other. Uh, but when you look at it and say, well, the Braves are where they're at, I think that probably holds a little bit more weight. I'd have to give the edge just a little bit to Acuna Jr., but I'm telling you, Stan, My the half. two of those guys are just razor thin. Uh, so Soto, who, Soto has uh, uh, just hit his 20th home run last night. Acuna's got 25, but the RBI,
2: Soto has more. Uh, so in the American League, who are we looking at? Does anybody come to mind right away? Well, the kid
3: with the White Sox last night. Uh, Which kid with the White Sox? Uh, gee, I can't even think of it now. You're asking me to do this without any of yeah, in front yeah, of me. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> All right. What positions does the kid play? Sanchez, the third baseman? Is he a rookie? N- no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, nobody's coming to no, mind, Nobody's really. coming
3: to mind for me in the American yeah. League right off the bat. Right, so it must not be that important. But uh, <laughs> that race in the National League has just been...
2: One manager crazy. we left out of the running is Brian Snitker.
3: Oh for the Braves yeah, yeah. yeah he's
2: done a really terrific he's job. He's done
3: a terrific job down there against a team or, or with a team that everybody expected to be better right. but them like the Phillies you didn't expect to see this kind of production you know at you know so early. I think they everybody thought that those two teams were probably still a year away.
2: All right, joining us right now from uh Northern California uh in the San Francisco Bay Area is my longtime friend and a um, sports business uh, expert, uh, longtime executive in all four major sports. That's Andy Dolich. Andy, how are you?
7: Good morning, Stan and Craig. I have three votes uh, if I have a second. You've got a second? I'm going with with Bob Melvin. Uh, As manager of the year? Most underrated manager in baseball. Um, Number two, Chris Davis. He's had a magnificent season. He's the most underappreciated long ball hitter in the game. And number three, I'm voting for Nick and Pete to come out to San Francisco <laughs> and bring as many really, crabs as they can. listens to
2: the show. But, this,
7: but,
3: guy, yeah, exactly. this guy does his own work. But here's the deal. If Nick and Pete grab the Costas brand <laughs> right. and take it out to San Francisco, you can, replace, you can, replace, all the... you can replace all those Dungeness crabs <laughs> and everything else that they sell on the pier out there. <laughs>
7: Uh, those are big, lunking, dumb crabs. Yeah. They don't have the elegance of blue claws. Let's yeah. let's be real.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Boy, you really do your homework when you're going to be a guest on this show. So Bob Melvin, Manager of the Year, Chris Davis, MVP. Do you think it works out that way?
7: I don't know, uh, but the A's are probably uh, the most underappreciated magical story in Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, I, I mean, would... I any any pundit. Do you guys know any baseball pundits?
2: I I think but, the two of us are both baseball pundits. Yeah. yeah.
7: Uh, okay, we have to figure out how pundits is spelled, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, the fact that they've just come out of no place uh, with a lot of great players. I mean, you just look at their corners with Chapman and Olsen, Sean Manaya before he went down to Scotty. Um, they're, they're just magical. And the way they win games, they could be losing 8 nothing in the 8th and come back. Their pitching staff, you know, name their starters. They've, they've gone through 14 or 15 pitchers, and I don't think anybody wants to play the A's. The,
2: the most amazing guy is Edwin Jackson, who pitched for both the Nationals last year and the Orioles last year and couldn't mm-hmm. quite stick. And Was he with the Nationals earlier this year? briefly uh
3: very briefly
2: yeah and then uh, Billy Bean takes a flyer on him and he's uh, pitched very very well the Manaya injury though is a real backbreaker uh, because he wouldn't he start game you know the first game of a the first game the only game of a wild card series would have been Manaya's uh, if it would start three weeks ago right?
7: You'd have to say, right, it is a significant injury. uh, But if you just look at the Bay Area, you know, and you guys have your Bay Area, um, I guess there's a Green Bay Area, but we don't have to worry about baseball. But out here, the Giants have suffered through a terrible season. And the A's, you know, are now starting to gain even the local notoriety that they didn't have two or three months ago. The ongoing problem that they have is they can't draw people to the stadium, and we've talked about this before on the show, and it's a really difficult issue. So,
2: um, so my question for you today, to start off our conversation really, is has the play of the team bolstered the interest in the team, made them more relevant? Is that translating into any traction on a stadium idea that could stick this time?
7: Well, you look at it sort of like an EKG. They've had some games where they've done big numbers, but those were all major promotional games. Or when they played the Giants in the Bay Bridge series, the Yankees were out here. But just recently they had the Mariners come in, and they're working against the Mariners, uh, and the Astros were out here on a weekend. And the attendance was poor. I mean, I believe pretty strongly that it's, not just one issue, but many. Mm-hmm. And they've been bad for a few years. Their owner um, plays the role of Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. John Fisher has never once been interviewed in 13 years about his team. That's which pretty is remarkable. Mind-bogg- yeah, that Mind-boggling, is mind-boggling. Yeah. to me. Uh, you could speak to Kim Jong-un <laughs> easier than you could talk to John Fisher. <laughs> and, and so people are trying to figure out, the A's have said, that by the end of this calendar year, with not too much time left, they will make a decision between the existing Coliseum site, Mm -hmm. and as you know, the Raiders are leaving in a year or two, the Warriors move into their new building next season in San Francisco. So they've said they'll either build a new ballpark at the Coliseum or at a location called Howard Terminal. Right, uh, which is right near Jack London Square, more towards downtown Oakland, but it's in the port of Oakland, and it has some very, very significant environmental hurdles. Is that road, the, is that also the gondola?
2: Is that also the gondola site? The Howard Terminal. <laughs>
7: I'm, I'm glad you brought up the gondola. Yes, that's the gondola. That's how they're right getting thing. people
2: to park across the yeah. highway and then gondola over the highway mm-hmm. in San Francisco.
7: Yeah, I wrote a piece oh, in which I used a picture of the gondolas in, in Italy as the way they'd actually get to the game, because you could get to the game by water. But yeah, they were, they were talking about putting this crazy gondola across 880, the 10 lanes of the interstate. And I just imagine what happens at rush hour when the gondola malfunctions, which all gondolas do, and uh, 10 lanes of the roads are uh, put oh. into gridlock because they need to bring a fire truck right. to get somebody off the gondola. <laughs> oh,
3: Very quickly, uh, yeah. before we get back to this, uh, and and I this is my fault because I forget
2: Miguel Andujar is a rookie. Uh, he's the rookie okay. in the American League. Uh, but Glyber
3: Torres with the yeah, Yankees uh, certainly. Uh,
2: Andujar's had a terrific But the other guy season. I was
3: thinking about from the White Sox uh, was uh, Daniel Palka. Yeah, uh, he's had some pretty good numbers this all year, right. but yeah, but it, uh, Miguel Andujar, far and away. All
7: right, now and so, I'm glad and I'm glad you brought that up because when I was with the A's, we had Joaquin Andujar. Uh-huh. I think the I think the late walking Andujar has yes, passed
2: away. Yep,
7: yep. And he had one of the greatest post game comments of all time when he was interviewed, which was, "You never know." Never, <laughs> You'll you never know one of the all-time Char- great baseball. Charlie players. So slows. Thank you for reminding me.
3: Charlie slows, the play-by-play guy on the radio for the Nationals, says, and we, we were in we were in uh, in Lakeland, Florida, at Joker Marchant Stadium, preseason game between the Nats
2: and the Tigers. and
3: the Tigers. And Charlie somehow or another, something happened in the game where Charlie had to use that reference. And Charlie." goes into his Joaquin Andujar imitation, and he just blew out. I mean, we were laughing so hard in the back of the booth, and the booth's probably just about as small as this studio is right here. But he just said, he says, as Joaquin Andujar used to say, you know, the one thing about this game is you never Never. know.
7: (laughs) And wherever he is right now, he's, saying that with a big smile. I yes, think. he
2: is. You know what's making the, the uh, an incredible little sports marketing phenomenon is this uh, that's baseball, comma Susan. Yeah. With John Susan Sterling and- there's a t-shirt out of a, a saying that John Sterling always says to Susan Waldman in the booth, that's baseball, Susan. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great little holiday gift for you to contemplate buying your wife, Andy. Well, College.
7: what about you guys? Do you guys have a slogan that i could get a t-shirt if you don't time to start working on one right
2: could, well yeah you do that yeah, the bat around it's yeah. it's worth a listen i don't i we haven't had
7: a slogan, <laughs> we no, but had a slogan.
2: look we get Resig to do the, the, the cartoon, caricatures yeah.
3: of you and me yeah and we'll put on a t-shirt all right i
7: think good. you go to your vast listening audience and have them help you create the marketing line
2: all right Uh, It sounds good. It all sounds good to me, Andy. So getting back to the stadium, though, uh, Mm -hmm. I know you've been a proponent for for years now that the best site is still the site that they're on, uh, the, the footprint of the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Correct. And do you think that they're coming around to that because all these other ideas just sound, at this point in time, to be pie in the sky to
7: me. Well, literally over thirteen years, they've had six or seven locations. We've talked about the whole San Jose desire that they had, which the Giants' territorial rights put an end to that. Um, I believe there's a bit of a hidden ball trick in A's latest strategy, which is I believe they're going to announce Howard Terminal. Really? And when you. When you think about all of the extra costs, you know the boring parts of infrastructure, where you're literally dealing with a few hundred extra million dollars, which the As, I'm sure have no interest in paying, right I think they'll go to the city and the county you know who own the Coliseum and say, well, why don't you pay all those infrastructure costs at Howard Terminal because that's Oakland land. And mm-hmm. when the city and the county go, absolutely not they'll go, okay, we have another solution. Why don't you give us the 150 acres of buildable land now that you have the raiders and the warriors gone? Right. And we'll take that as not just the development of a new ballpark, but all of the other great opportunities to make money, which is retail, residences, um, the Coliseum has a tremendous transportation infrastructure that's already built and paid for. So
2: the A's so would be essentially the A's would essentially be going into the business of business rather than the business of baseball at a new stadium development.
7: Exactly, and standing yeah. and Craig, if you look at what's happening in sports, mm-hmm. it is the fact that you build a ballpark and it changes a market. And I think there's a place called Camden Yards, which. Uh, arguably, is the first that really did this successfully. All you, you have to do,
3: it, all you have to do, is look at Nationals Park and yeah,
7: what's been, exactly what's I mean if, built uh, around at, Ameri- that. at American University. Mm-hmm. Use that Anacostia back yep. when let's go to a ball game. You'd say, "What are you talking about?" And now, if you look at the miracle of what the Giants have done at AT and T Park, where the Warriors are going, um, what's happening in LA with the football stadium, Atlanta. Uh, every major league baseball uh, team and every major sports team is looking at the development of a mixed retail residence use around their ballpark, and they're turning literally turning the millions of dollars into billions of dollars yeah. that they have an opportunity to generate.
2: We're speaking with Andy Dolich, longtime executive in all four major sports. He's a uh, sports marketing consultant these days. We're talking with Andy about a whole host of things. Uh, San Francisco, I want to flip over to the uh, from the A's to the to the Giants. They've suffered through back-to-back very disappointing seasons, yet their fan base is still very much supercharged. Do you look at the and they have not had the gigantic salary of one player since Barry Bonds retired. Do you see them as a real threat in the Bryce Harper Manny Machado market this off this off season? Well
7: the, one of the leading uh, sports radio voices here is Gary Radnich. He's been on the air for 35 years, and that's all Gary talks about every day. Harper, Harper, Harper. And he says that team president Larry Bear is totally focused on Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no way of knowing that. Uh, at and Park is not normally a hitter's park. It's definitely not a home-run park. Okay, um, And... You but know, it is but it is
2: a money making park though. I
3: mean, Oh, big it is
7: money a money making yeah. park. And, and
3: I would think McCovey Cove is gonna be pretty uh, uh pr- pretty attractive to Bryce if that happens.
7: Yeah, Bryce should get a kayak sponsorship, he'll make another, <laughs> you know fifty million bucks. I've been trying to sell that to the Giants that they should have some kayak company out there because that gets more T V time than the games. Isn't, there, that, isn't that is, there isn't
2: there a company called Kayak, you know, the uh, that does like sort of uh, airplane reservations or something.
7: Yeah, like there that? are, but I'm yeah. talking about companies that build kayaks. But yeah. that's a story. For All right, that's day. a story. For I them. mean the Giants the Giants uh conversation here in the Bay Area is this time to blow this team up? Madison Baumgartner, Posey, Crawford, I mean, they've got some great pieces, right? but it's just not working. I mean, Mad Baum, you know, is beloved here, mm-hmm. but he's been injured, Posey's been injured, um, and there's a lot of talk, uh, the pressure on... Uh, You know, Brian Sabian and Bobby Evans and Larry Baer, they're even talking about, is this time for Bruce Bochy to go? And he's beloved out here. Mm -hmm. He's done a magnificent job, and is probably a Hall of Famer when you think about it. Yep.
3: Oh, Um, three world titles? You better believe it. Yeah.
7: Yeah, so the, the debate here is, hey, it's time to blow this thing up. But then you look across the bay at the A's and go, well, wait a second. If we become less important than we are now. Yeah. And the Warriors uh, the Warriors are magical and they're coming to San Francisco.
2: And the 49ers so, are about know, to possibly dawn on a new era there.
7: Well, yeah, they're only going to be 15 and 1 now that yeah. they lost their first game. You <laughs> know, people are disappointed and they already want to move Jimmy G because he threw three picks. But that's, <laughs> you know, that's the way it works here. There's tremendous competition in the Bay Area. I mean, we have eight pro sports teams. Stanford. I mean, you've got a lot going on here, and the Giants really do have a decision to make because they've had a great organization. Hard to believe that next year will be the 20th anniversary of AT&T Park. Yeah. 20 years. That's, that's sort of hard to comprehend. That's
2: pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So my question is, in that effort to be relevant, you see them as a player for the biggest and the best in the free agent
7: market absolutely um here you're big or go home and you deal with significant athletes uh again you look at the warriors they have four stars you have jimmy g is the matinee idol here you know john gruden chucky is a big deal here um and the a's have a vast array of young stars who are getting noticed um so, I think they've got to play, whether it's Bryce or somebody else will be seen. But what they need here is a banger. You know, they yeah. need somebody that everybody is going to talk about, write about, and debate. It'd be like, Stan, if we went through a show and we didn't mention David Rubenstein, I would say we exactly. really didn't get the Exactly. Really. That, right?
2: I got you. I got you covered. Remember,
3: remember the old days of, uh, and I go back to. Seventy-five for this when <clears throat> the Wizards and the Warriors played, and the Coliseum at that point, uh, pretty new building, but uh, they had rented it out for some kind of concert, and they couldn't play the finals games against the Bullets.
2: So yeah. where they play at
3: the yeah. Cow Pal- Palace? Cal Palace yeah, Pal- yeah, absolutely.
7: Right. What an aptly named building. And now with <laughs> the Warriors, now with the Warriors leaving Oracle. Right. You know, this high tech corporate name there's never gonna be another major pro team playing in there unless it's, you know, indoor water polo. Um <laughs> so it's it's ultimately gonna co- become Oakland's Cow Palace. So that's why I say if you just knock these buildings down, mm-hmm. the A's can build their beautiful ballpark mm-hmm. there, control the land. Yep. Um uh, that's where I think the hidden ball trick is. That's what I why All right, I think so that's they're going what to be and ultimately go to the Coliseum.
2: I got one last question for you. I'm going to throw you a curveball. You're you're watching the embrace between pro sports and gambling right now, correct? I mean, you've got your eyes on that, right?
7: Absolutely.
2: Um, is there a play this 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 use of the opener? by the Tampa Bay Rays has got me really thinking that I think that Major League Baseball may end up passing some type of rule that disallows that because how would you bet on baseball games if suddenly multiple teams start sprouting up using openers? Because people bet baseball based on the starting pitchers.
7: I I spoke to a intelligent journalist, um, which is a bit of an oxymoron, but I did, okay. and he, he follows what's happening in gaming, and I'm confused, like many people, because it's what everybody's talking about and all the sports, probably, other than hockey, Right. when it's the last time you can talk to a friend who bet on the NHL, and it's the beginning of the beginning. Leagues, teams, states, federal governments haven't quite figured out how this is all going to work. Yeah. When people look at the billions that are bet illegally, they just think that money is going to flow to the teams and the leagues when you have all these other constituencies. So I think this is really the frontier. There's a lot of crazy ideas that are going to come out. I don't know that anybody is a leader in the clubhouse figuring it out, yeah. but you look at the NBA, you know, they're, they have a global entity. Um, and you know, think about playing a game in China or Singapore or some other place. But this one, you,
2: but this one yeah, specific, ahead. this one specific topic, though. And I know it's a little off the beaten track. Uh, in other words, how would people bet on a baseball game? And again, I'm not talking about fantasy baseball. I'm talking about betting on outcomes of games. How would uh-huh. they bet on games when Kevin Cash is starting Ryan Stanek? Who you know is only going to pitch one or two innings, and then you don't exactly know who he's going to use in innings three through yeah. six. Uh, it would make those games almost impossible to bet.
7: Well, in the world, in the world of digital communication and nanosecond affirmation, uh-huh. I-, I see the prop bets. In sports, as being a significant factor,
2: okay, That's where
7: everybody thinks they know what's going to happen. Next, how many you Next. know? How many managers do we have that go? I would have pulled this guy. I would have brought this guy in, and they make that decision after the play happened. Right now, if you've got big money, or if you've got a twenty on a bet that you've made, you're going to find out pretty quickly how smart or dumb you are. So, I think it's going to be more on the prop bet side, um, so that. The thousands of debates that we might have sitting together yep. in a game, we can literally bet on them.
2: Interesting. Interesting. That is very interesting. I got right. one other topic for you, Andy Dolich, before we go. You've probably observed how this happened uh, that Brent Musburger, who I understand it's his son that's actually started that network right. in Las Vegas, the gaming, mm-hmm. the gambling uh, satellite uh, radio station or something like that. How does that play into Brent getting the job in Oakland and a team that's moving to Vegas? Is it all part of the embrace between that network and the Davis family? And the follow-up to that, too, is what did Bob Papa,
3: how did he handle all of that? Because I know he's on the air out there. Yeah. Yeah.
7: So, Stan and Craig, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I happen to believe... Well, that's what that we like. They, that's what we like. The Raiders would never have gone to uh, Las Vegas and get the humongous money, $750 million from the state, $650 million with a bank loan that immediately popped up 30 days after, remember, Sheldon Adelson was going to be the number two guy. He was blown away. And so I think the NFL, back to your original question, wants to use the Raiders as their gambling lab rat. Okay. And I'm great friends with Greg Papa. I hired him. Touchdown Raiders. He was the voice of the Raiders. Yep. He's handled it in a very professional fashion. And I have nothing against Brent Musburger. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. But they took away the voice of the Raiders while they were still in Oakland. Yeah. So I don't get, unless there was... You know, clearly Brent and his son um, have found a niche in gaming, and Brent has been in it for many years. But I think there is um, there is definite connection to what they're doing, how the NFL is looking at gaming, and the Raiders um, will be the ultimate Pavlovian lab rat mm-hmm. as the NFL. And you know, it's a good, it's a great place because Las Vegas has the toughest gaming rules. In the United States, and they know more about it than anybody.
2: All right, he's Andy Dolich. Always appreciate your coming on. What do you got, Well, no, I was going to say uh, you talk about Hall of Fame
3: broadcasters uh, with Brent Musburger, but the guy before Papa, you know, obviously the late Bill King, oh. uh, was the Raiders' broadcaster for so many years. One of my favorite calls was the Holy Roller game in San Diego, the year uh, after they had beaten uh, or were beaten by Denver in the AFC Championship game. Uh, same year as the Ghost of the Post here the following mm-hmm. week they lost to Denver. But in the
7: I'm it, just not I'm I'm lucky enough to know Stan and Craig, but I also worked with Bill and Larson <laughs> for fifteen years well, at the Oakland Hays. So in, in that perfect duo, again, have Nick and Pete send me uh, That's right know, send me a dozen out here. As my uh, ongoing great payments to be on with you guys. The,
3: the Holy Roller game out in San Diego yeah. uh, where Casper picks up the ball in the end zone after Stabler fumbled Stabler, it forward, yeah. Okay, and Bill King says, Everybody's out on the field. John Madden wants to know whether it's real. The officials <laughs> say yes. Get your big butt out of here. <laughs>
2: Well, and on that, I remember. <laughs> I remember Bill King when he was the voice of the Warriors, because uh-huh. I used yeah. to be a ball boy for the Baltimore Bullets in 1965, and I'm pretty sure Bill King was the voice of the Warriors
7: back uh, then. Absolutely, and the A. You know, the odd part about this gentleman is that Bill King. I've had something to do with a group that wants Bill King to be in all three broadcasting halls of fame. Well, that and would be deserved. Eight, yeah, and the only one that he's in is baseball. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago, he yeah. he is one of the greatest. Yeah, he's football announcers of all time, and his best sport, as far as I'm concerned, basketball. Mm-hmm. Did he, li- so I, he? He was
2: an incredible basketball announcer. Did he live in Sausalito?
7: He, he yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. Bill King, I'll send you some articles. I mean, Bill is truly a renaissance man, uh, a wonderful human being, and one of the great describers of sport in mm-hmm. the history of our games.
2: All right. Andy Dolich, we thank you for your time. Talk to you have soon. A
7: great, have a great weekend, fellas.
2: All right. Thank you very much. He's the best. <laughs> he's great. What, Dolich. Dolich. Oh, man. he's fantastic. Hey, catch all the action at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill where they have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game. Enjoy $5.99 burgers on Mondays, five ninety nine nachos on Thursdays, and drink specials throughout the season to help you cheer on your favorite teams. Come in today and try something new from their seasonal menu. That's Glory Days Grill.
1: Great food. Good sports. Score big at the Green Turtle with our legendary crab dip, juicy burgers, or any of our delicious boardwalk iced teas and lemonades. Bring the whole team and celebrate your latest win in our rent-free party room. Need to raise money for your sports league or team? Our Funds for Friends program has raised over $1 million for local sports organizations. Everyone is a winner at the Turtle. Visit thegreenturtle.com to find your local Turtle. Turtle!
2: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our annual college football preview edition, in which we offer thorough previews of the season for all of the FBS, FCS, and Division three programs in the state. Additionally, the edition includes a preview of the high school football season for the region as well. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 rural farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps, at PressBoxOnline.com
1: we mm-hmm. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2, and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee, or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious b-dubs before you gotta get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster. Wings, beer, sports. Available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details.
5: Matt. We normally come on here and tell everyone, go listen to Section 336, and
0: just to take our advice to go listen to 336.
1: Instead of us telling you why we're awesome, let's have other people tell you why we're awesome. This person says, definitely a bunch of Oriole fans who just want to be able to buy playoff tickets. Section
5: 336 is the greatest Baltimore Orioles podcast around. Look forward to listening every week.
1: These guys are coconuts, and if that's not enough reason to listen, they are a great listen if you want Orioles talk, even during the offseason. If you're lucky, they might even talk about the Ravens. Josh, Matt, and Burt
5: are a must lesson every week. Check Section 336 out for yourself on iTunes or wherever you get your
1: podcasts. I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com. What are they all about? Well, this is very cool. You can link together events from across the sports landscape into one comprehensive fantasy pool. So let's just say you're like us. Maybe you're playing a World Cup pool right now. You want to keep that fun going with your friends after the World Cup is over. Maybe you do a football picks pool that you loop together. And that fun continues throughout the course of the year Start a league today Invite your friends Single event leagues are free Multi-event leagues are just a flat $4.99 fee For the entire league Not per person Just $4.99 There's plenty of competitions that Loop League has I mentioned the World Cup Football picks It continues MLB playoffs They'll be doing stuff like that I mean, They even do UFC fights But if you've got an idea for something that you want to do You can tell them at Loop League on Twitter And they'd be willing to consider it They've got 21 events on the platform platform right now with more coming. This is something that was started by local guys. It's extremely cool. Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com.
6: This is former Terp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And
5: there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else.
1: Hey, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo, Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor, never wrestled for PWG, never wrestled Uh... in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega.
3: Too sweet me, bro.
5: I hate both of you, and this is why I keep stupid idiots like, you on my list this is your boy y2aj here to save
1: you find jobbing out the podcast tab at pressboxonline.com on soundcloud or itunes
2: we're back we are back yeah
3: and it's now what we need to do is get glory days yeah to send me a free (laughs) t-shirt (laughs)
4: <laughs> That's and, what we live and, for. And
2: we'll be more than happy to <laughs> promote them on the air as well. That's great. That's great. We're going to do that, Craig. I'll work on that tonight. Good enough. <laughs> All right. We appreciate everybody being in. This has been a, a, a weird show for me. I had dental surgery done on Thursday. Had a horrible day, second half of yesterday from about 5, 6 o'clock onward uh, through the night. Got to the dentist this morning, did a repair on the temporary crown. Seems to be going in the right direction. But this but I'm man, exhausted. this, this I'm exhausted.
3: man last night, and I'm looking right into the camera. This yeah. man last night did, uh, after bird watching, and he might as well just have been on the DL. But he slaughtered through it and got through it. What and did I do? I slaughtered you slaughtered it. through it because you slaughtered it. I slaughtered you it. You slaughtered like it. it. Thank As you, opposed Greg. to, you well, he's know,
2: finally giving me compliments. I am I've absolutely. Known guy for Thirty-five years. I mean,
3: I I'm watching online at home, and he is just going through it. He's a little, maybe maybe the medication.
2: I'm a little down, but other than that, All <laughs> right. he got through. I did through not it. take pain medicine. Oh, okay. I did take Advil. Okay, I took Advil. Good and I'll tell you what's great. If you ever have, you may have dental problems. Is uh, Wheel of clove? Mm-hmm. You ever put it on? There? No. Oh, it numbs it out
3: mm-hmm. for a while.
2: All right, many thanks for being here this week. I just drink a thing, yeah, small, you drink thing. Things, no, right. small thing. No,
3: small thing at Ann Basall All right, I got
2: you. Deadens the mouth. You're all most together. likely not going to be here next week, correct? Uh, we don't know this yet, but
3: okay. uh, more than likely, I'll be at Bird Stadium. Okay. Uh, well, whatever if you're calling it now. you're Bird Stadium, though,
2: could you be the first guest at 10:15 for 15 uh, minutes? I could probably do that. Okay, let's. We'll talk about that. All okay. Right. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you, Miss Everett. Brittany Everett,
0: you're welcome. We got Uh,
2: volleyball this
0: afternoon.
2: Want to remind you, tell
0: some volleyball.
2: Tomorrow there is no Raven game, so there's no Project Game Day, but there is fantasy and reality football show with Ken Zalis and everyone's favorite NFL chick Sarita Hubbard. That's right. That's on ten to twelve. Glenn Clark on ten to twelve Monday through Friday with Kyle Ottenheimer. Inside Press Box tomorrow morning ten thirty on Channel Two. Great interview. Gary Stein and I had with uh, Dave Patrick mm-hmm. and um, Danny Wiseman, the bowler. I know Danny. All right, absolutely. That wraps. That wraps us up here on the battle round. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.